Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week we're starting off with Michael Huber. How is it going? Going well. We are a week away from the madness that is E3 and the pre-E3. I'm so ready. And uh, I gotta be full transparency here. We expect Nintendo is gonna be there. We don't have a date yet for Nintendo's thing. So we are nice. sitting here. We're, we're yeah, we are blind. We're sailing blind out here, and <laughs> we have no idea. Can't see the stars. It's fog. Can't see the ocean. Can't even make our way. It's just like Nintendo, shine that beacon. We need that that, that light to come from the tower to let us know the, where we're uh, headed. <laughs> the like Bowser's cat things or <laughs> yes, whatever what was it the lighthouses yeah like the cat lighthouses <laughs> like something yeah we need that's how Nintendo, that's how nintendo announces their their date um but uh as we're doing um we're gonna start with huber here later on uh we're gonna have a special guest uh simmons from Yo video games and then uh finally we'll have uh isla joining us um we're all gonna be talking about uh some stuff about what we're looking forward to at e3 from nintendo um, but we're also going to talk about the past of E3 a little bit. Uh, first experiences or past experiences at E3. Um, because E3 has changed a lot over the years. And I'm always very curious. Because uh, even if we talked about it before, every few years I like to be reminded about where everyone started with E3. Because I always champion that like if you have a chance once in your life, you should try and go to E3 in person. If it comes back in person. That's a mm-hmm. question too. So we don't even mm-hmm. know. Huber, um, we assume it's coming back maybe next year yeah. in person. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, Huber, the patrons submitted some questions about Sweet. what we might see from Nintendo. And I picked Sweet. a few that I think are up your alley. Um, Fun. And this first one comes from Level Capybara. Sick. Sick. All right. Lay him on me. Lay him on. What two games... Do you think Nintendo is most likely to bookend this year's E3 Direct with? Which will be first and which will be last? Are they certain Are they certain to be games like Metroid Prime 4, Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3? Or can Nintendo even have something more surprising in store that no one has heard of yet? I know you love this. You're about the hype. You're about the surprises. And I could like, this is it. Can Huber think of anything that would be like, would be the most hype thing to you? To like something chrono trigger related <laughs> <laughs> chrono trigger related yeah. something like that uh, um i mean metroid metroid's like announced but it still feels like this thing that doesn't exist you know exactly like a metroid announcement for me in any way is massive huge even though we've we know it yeah, it's in this weird place where we know it exists, but it still doesn't feel real. So I think I think it would elicit the same kind of reaction as just a complete surprise. Yeah, because yeah, just everything surrounding Metroid right now is so elusive and mysterious. Yeah, that's a a reintroduction of Metroid Prime Four. I, for me, I understand there's probably gonna be a lot of doubt about Metroid mm-hmm. Prime Four showing up at E three because there's probably yeah. so many things they got to talk about, and it's very unlikely Metroid Prime Four is coming out anytime soon. So why save that maybe for later? Because they gotta yeah. have more stuff to talk about down the line. But that one more thing moment, I think, could be Metroid Prime Four. Totally, Damiani, and it's primed. <laughs> no pun intended. 
to be a Switch Pro showpiece. Oh, there you go. I, I was hoping you would catch on to yeah. that. Just, you know, showing uh, just showing even, you know, it running a little bit on the Pro. Doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like a big trailer. Doesn't have to be a deep dive. Just a, hey, it, 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 this is what it looks like. I think that would be, go so far. Yes. You know, and it's say like like just do like Breath of the Wild sequel style, like now in development. That's all you gotta mm-hmm. do. And like so yep. many people will talk about that trailer. Yeah. Also, I associate it with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But its origins are on the NES. <laughs> Castlevania. Oh. Castlevania, dude. Like, people always talk about, you, you know, Symphony of the Night, obviously, so so I always think of PlayStation and, and Lords of Shadow as well was, like, Xbox and, and PlayStation and stuff. But, yeah, and even even newer, you know, people want it to come back in the vein of, like, a From Software game, like, Dark Souls style. But, I mean, if it, if it came back in any way, shape, or form, Damiani, do you right. think it could come back on Switch? I think it. I think it's possible. There's been those rumors about Konami shipping uh, IP, like licensing their IPs out, or partnering with other people to do stuff. I mean, it's not Nintendo related, but like we are expecting some kind of Silent Hill thing. Like we keep always expecting like, a Silent Hill announcement from because of the rumors and stuff. So yeah, maybe Castlevania is like a, like a secret they just kept from everybody. I mean, it showed up in Smash Brothers, so you know, mm-hmm. obviously Konami cares enough to like lend it back out to other people mm-hmm. to use. So mm-hmm. if a right developer approached them, you know, maybe no, you know, maybe a team at Nintendo is like we have this idea and they pitched it to Konami like, "Hey, you haven't done anything in Castlevania. We got some ideas here. Would you ever want to work with us?" And but it's got to be an exclusive. Awesome. And like, "Yo, this is a pretty good idea. Let's make it happen." Yes. <laughs> Dude, I keep forgetting about Bayonetta also, Domino. Exactly. Nintendo's got a lot of shit in the, in the cooker. Bayonetta 3, <laughs> it could, like, we haven't seen anything of it other than its teaser reveal. Um, but, uh, you know, Kamiya keeps insisting every time he's asked, it's almost a meme at this point, that it's still coming along nicely. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of reasons why they might not have been able to show it, you know. And you mentioning mm-hmm. that Metroid Prime 4 potentially on Switch Pro, maybe that's another thing. Bayonetta 3 maybe was waiting for Switch Pro uh, because they want to yeah. show it off to make it look the best. I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing because the rumor, the the Bloomberg report that came out said that Switch Pro's reveal, or the new the enhanced Switch, we don't know what it's called yet, the yeah. reveal of it is eminent because a lot of companies have games for it they want to talk about. And as we know... And conferences are happening all over the place. They're kind of in a roughly a week span coming up. But you have to imagine that even as early as Keeley's thing on June 10th, there might be a big third-party game in there that's for Switch Pro that's like, obviously is probably going to be ahead of Nintendo's presentation. And they're like, hey, we need to talk about it, but you haven't said anything about Switch Pro yet. So can you say something otherwise like we because we can't we, we really want it to be in that showcase but you're you're maybe the but the, like the contracts and the terms say we can't mention it till nintendo reveals it so yeah yeah who knows like i i think we're gonna see like the the trains coming man the, that hype train yeah. is coming and i think it the is. floodgates are about to open yeah nintendo's ready dude they've been quiet <laughs> obviously uh you know we always have to mention the pandemic and everything of but, course yes you know i i feel like 
I, I want to believe that, and I do believe it, Damiani. I choose to believe that so many mm-hmm. games have been held mm-hmm. because of the Switch Pro, dude. <laughs> Just like, once they show that... So games, true, like you said. Yeah. So true that I, I, I believe. this is my that's my optimistic outtake as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, but uh, I want to believe it. Speaking of Switch Pro, <laughs> this next question, I think this is perfect for you because you're one of the one of the people I talk to that's like it's about like 4K and visuals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this is a question to cho- ask you which you are going to choose, which you favor most, Huber, from Garrett mm-hmm. Holfish. When Breath of the Wild first came out. It was compared a lot with Horizon. One had complete freedom, and the other had a much dense, uh, had much, much more dense, high fidelity visuals. With the rumored Switch, new Switch outputting at 4K, and the two pi- uh, two titles possibly releasing near each other again. Yeah, we just saw that Horizon state yeah. of play. Would you rather have Zelda look the same but in 4K? Or with denser, higher fidelity visuals, but in 1080p. So Breath of the Wild looking pretty much the same as it did in 2017, but like in 4K. At least it, it like it runs in 4K smooth. Mm-hmm. 4K, mm-hmm. maybe even 60. Or would you yeah. rather them target a low resolution, but it looks just like more detailed and everything like that? To kind of cheat the answer. Okay. Anything to do 60 frames. That's really all I care about nowadays. I love visuals. Obviously, I love, like, big, awesome, high-res graphics, you know, uh, HDR, ray tracing. I love all that shit. But at the end of the day, like, 60 frames or bust, nice. dude. 60 frames or bust. All I need. You're all I need. I, yeah, yeah when, when, when games have the graphics mode that's 30 and the performance mode, I do performance every time. Every time. Nice. So, yeah, like... You can have the prettiest graphics in the world, but for me, if it's not at 60 now, like, oh, compromised. I want to add some stakes <laughs> to this question, Huber, yeah. uh, because I, I knew it would come down to frame rate versus, you know, image quality with this. Mm-hmm. I want to raise the stakes on this. Yeah. Which would you rather have? Both, for all like, the best frame rate. Like the 4K visuals, but in high fidelity, like image quality is amazing and like super <laughs> detailed. Everything you can ever hope for in like the like the dream looking Zelda from visuals, but it comes at the cost. The game is a little bit more restrictive. It's not as it's still large, but it's not like as they had to sac- make sacrifices. Or would you rather them go bold and innovative, like even bigger, more freedom and exploration, crazier ideas? But they got to sacrifice that visual feel. Like no 4K might run at 1080, 30 at best. Like which, yeah, what matters more then to you? <laughs> like art style is so important for me with Zelda, dude. It's really all that matters. You know, I don't need horizon realism. I just need the vibe. Like, it's why Blizzard and World of Warcraft and that is, has survived for so long, I feel like. It's not the best, most it's not the most realistic looking, but, like, the vibe and the warmth is there. And that's all I need out of a Zelda game. So, keep the innovation. Go crazy with that. Push push innovation forward. Uh, don't Don't start chasing... 4K textures. Nintendo, just keep doing what you're doing. Innovative gameplay first. Nice. For sure. 
All right, I like that answer, yeah. Huber. Yeah. I'm a, I'm kind of like, I, I'm so used to Nintendo not like mm-hmm. kind of lagging behind in visuals ever since we, yeah. for almost 15 years totally. now. I've been, that's what I've been accustomed to, and I will. Yeah. Always, uh, while I, I do want the best of both, I want it all. Mm-hmm. Part of me still wants, uh, will still always prefer when it comes to Nintendo games. Innovation, better gameplay, yep. better design. If you need to sacrifice yep. visuals, so be it. Because so man, it. some of my favorite games, like so be it. Didn't like I remember like like uh, Xen- Xenoblade Chronicles. Like remember Brad would yeah. even play because of the faces and stuff. It's like originally, it's like yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I thought they were horrible. Up. I thought they were horrible Legendary. faces. But I was like, man, this game is so <laughs> the gameplay has hooked me. This this world is so engrossing. Yeah. I can't I can't put mm-hmm. it down. I'm okay with the the lack of visual fidelity in this game. So yeah, visuals for me just help with immersion. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and if a game is like Dude. immersing me without even looking great, they're doing something. Such a right. thing. Yeah. So when you get both, obviously, like Last of Us or something, or Ghost for of, me, like Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost man. Tsushima, that was, that, yeah. That's what made Horizon, me. That's what yeah. makes me think. And then seeing Horizon State of Play, it's like yeah. you know, man, one day. But like, hey, the Switch Pro, we might yeah. get it all. Like if it can but do what it says. It's such a it's such a sticky funny thing cuz like I don't think there's any arguing that like technically Horizon looks better than Breath of the Wild but like Breath of the Wild is still so much more of a memorable place for me you know I think of Terrytown and how just and Atano Village like there's such an identity and a vibe there I know it's it's it's, it's, it's fantasy like, versus it's totally and it's Fortnite to versus yeah. like PUBG and stuff realism versus cartoony. I think it's very hard totally. it's, I think it's because it's our it's our nature as human beings we live yeah. in reality we see it every yeah. day so when games look like that the visuals aren't gonna like it's harder to make those visuals memorable you gotta have some weird mm-hmm. quirk or something to to stick out or you gotta go you know. With some kind of stylized aesthetic, and mm-hmm. while I won't down on a technical level, Horizon, what I love saw, the like, Horizon looks, looks gotta love it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like that looks great. Uh, 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 I, I could see an edge still going to like a Breath of the sequel, just from the, the teaser trailer, that cave and everything. It's like it's just like wow, they Mag- just have just an magical. art style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, but I mean, they're going for different things, and like they're, yeah. it's, I appreciate both <laughs> totally. for sure. Yeah, they're so different. So different. Uh, I got a question from Raul um, about some possible collaborations or surprise announcements from <laughs> other, Nintendo things appearing in other conferences. Huber, uh, great, you great. you like you know, in Ubisoft and stuff in the past and everything. You know mm-hmm. their their history. Nintendo. Do you think there will be any Nintendo surprises at other press conferences? Kind of like how Skyrim from for Switch was announced in 2017, or Rabbids. You know, Rabbids yeah. is another big one. If Samus is not in Fortnite, <laughs> I will be so surprised. I will be so shocked. Okay. I will be so confused. Can I ask you something, Hubert? I want to know. Yeah. What's I up? saw an image, and so, I don't know if it's fake, but it showed a silhouette of like the current season. It showed like Kratos' silhouette, and like it showed mm-hmm. all the characters. The most recent ones have been confirmed, and one of yeah. the silhouettes clearly looked like Samus. Was that fake or something? Could be fake. Could oh my be, I don't even gosh. Know. I have been out of the loop okay. for a while, but like the rumors for Samus have been so hot for so long in Fortnite and just the whole theme of like hunters, you know, and they had Predator and Ripley and Kratos and Laura Croft. So like a lot of collaborations, but I, 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 I am still holding out hope that Samus reveals herself yeah, in they, Fortnite. They gotta get just because something I want, in there. 
Totally, and I would love it if they made it an event, if they had a limited time mode, if they had, like, Metroids coming in. Dude, something. Huber, I got it. You know? That, that's That'd just be that. so great. One of the gimmicks in Metroid is raising and lowering of acid lava. Like, even yeah. the stage, uh, Green Star in Smash Brothers, that's the thing. Yeah. What if the map, they did a massive event where the map had rising and lowering, like, lava or acid levels on top Perfect. of like that's the difference so like certain zones are now unsafe on top of like yep. the circle like double whammy oh it. my gosh would love it and like have her ship or something because like they did that with predator they had like his ship or whatever mm -hmm. with mandalorian they had like the tatooine yeah. moss eisley spaceport cantina thing and it's like dude with samus like you just have some cool that or like an like underground segment where you can go oh. under the map and it's in like yes. caverns yes <laughs> please for that, that please. change things up so much um and then that would just alleviate the wait for metroid prime for a metroid or metroid remaster or anything like just just give us that little thing <laughs> it'd be so cool yeah there any any other uh companies you like that's something you really wanted to see that uh either nintendo lending an ip to them that you think is ready or just a, a franchise maybe from another another publisher that they're going to make a big announcement about finally being back on Switch or on a Nintendo platform. Maybe maybe have an absence for a while. I, I I did say it earlier, but I really feel like Castlevania coming home yeah. to Nintendo could just be... It would just be such a big moment. It would be such a big move. There's always still, even though they're, they're so much better about it now, I mean, that Switch shop is absurd how many <laughs> games are on there. There's always criticism about third parties. So, uh, you know, kind of retaining, getting that that co-op back, you know, Konami yeah, and Nintendo yeah. with Castlevania would just be, it'd be huge. Co-op co Castlevania <laughs> game, dude. Dude, yeah. Yo, <laughs> sign me up for that. Uh, yeah, now, now I'm just trying to get some ideas. Uh, mm. uh, uh, just slipped my mind what I was going to say. Because um, I was going to bring something up for you, Huber, and I now, now I just freaking forgot. Oh, Great. Uh, oh, no, I remember. Yeah, uh, dude. Cause I want to get back at you for betting old betting special, the most sure bet that I didn't get right. Uh, Phil Spencer not mentioning or saying Nintendo in a press conference. <laughs> Is this gonna be reversed this time? Well, will Microsoft say anything? Will there be any Nintendo related oh, so thing good. in that Microsoft thing this time? Oh, I want to know, <laughs> dude. I know, yeah, but uh, something like that, even something is like. Well, I think we're going to be talking about it later um, in the next uh, with my next guest, but because uh, we have a question about Smash Bros. But like one of you know the new characters and stuff, like obviously like there's dream scenarios and like Master Chief could be one of those, and that that opens mm -hmm. the floodgates for more of that yep. collaboration between Nintendo. Kratos. That, that's what you guys get. Kratos is the big one. Yeah. I will say this. I keep saying this. If Smash is really a truly meant ultimate, meant to be a celebration of the history ultimate. of gaming, to like yeah. they need something from Sony. This one, yep. even even such Kratos, like something from the Sony, you know, wheelhouse. Snake kind of counts. Yeah, but, not. but they so, need like a Sony character, a straight up Sony. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, like. like uh, Sweet Tooth or something. Yeah, and it, meaning there's still no Nathan Mortal Drake even. There's still no Mortal <laughs> Kombat in there. You know, they got Street Fighter. It's like, dude, Mortal mm -hmm. Kombat fighting game franchise, like iconic. You couldn't just put like Sub Zero in there and like no, not so very violent. Perfect. You know. Yeah, I, you just freeze people. Freeze people and stuff. That's yeah, it. come on. Well, Super Nintendo, dude. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, 
That'd be that'd be hilarious if there was an option they had to add like blood or no blood in Smash. <laughs> like you see Sakurai Would giving that presentation, it. he's like, Would "We also it. wanted to honor the legacy by offering a bl- blood coder or something." So good, so good. That would be so amazing, and I'd love to see him talk about that. Yeah, just the video before the announcement would be mm-hmm. so fun. What what that would look like, like um, Ryu going in, like Ryo going in uh, Goro's lair or something. Dude, yeah, the, yeah, so the CG sick. for that or that trailer would be so epic. And then the stages, mm-hmm. dude, what they did the pit stage—you <laughs> can't knock people. <laughs> Knocking Ken, knock Ken into the pit. Sorry, Ken. This is this is too good. Um, I didn't have a question about this, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this because we talked. To, I talked with Brad about it on the last friend code. Um, just want to th- just briefly mention the, the the rumor about uh, Nintendo making a new Donkey Kong game, and uh, but it's from the from apparently from the Odyssey team. Uh, now some of that stuff has been like clarified since, but I still want to. I just want to ask you this because this is what I asked Brad. Um, yeah. Would Would you be a a bit any bit saddened? By knowing a new Donkey Kong game is coming at the expense of no Odyssey 2. Potentially. No, like, I'd be stoked. Okay. That's all. We I just had to... Odyssey relatively yeah. recently, you know? Um, I'm totally okay with Mario going the way of Zelda, of just like every 25 years we get a game. Every, you know, every yeah, once in a while we get a Mario. Five, five yeah. or so years, yeah. That's like, right. like, they are they are that special mm-hmm. where I'm totally okay with waiting, and uh, you know Tropical Freeze I feel like was a long time ago now. Oh yeah, so getting a it's eight years. Jeez, yeah, so Seven, it's time. Years, yeah. It's absolutely it's time. You know Mario while. Mario can't steal all the spotlight, so I'd totally be down for Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought it up numerous times over the years, but growing up, I loved. Donkey Kong 64, I know since then there's been a lot of... Ooh. I've seen it go both ways. I've mm-hmm. brought up Donkey Kong 64 and heard nothing but praise, and then I've also <laughs> brought it up and heard nothing but intense yep. disgust. Yep. I have not played it since I was a kid. I loved it then. I have no idea how it holds up now, <laughs> but... Yeah. Interesting game, <laughs> nonetheless. Sure. I get it. <laughs> but... Does it hold up, Tomiani? I haven't played it in a long time. I was thinking that maybe I need to play it. Dude, we gotta play it. But, but, but dude, uh, I remember it was one of the first games I played that made me cognizant of, I'm not sure I'm really enjoying this game. So I'm on this fence where I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, first li- game you thought you're not having fun yeah. was Donkey Kong Yeah, like I was like, that, no, that I was always assumed certain <laughs> games would always be good. Like, oh, it's just Donkey yeah. Kong City, it's hype. Everyone's telling me it's hype, yeah. it's going to be good. And I played it, and I was disappointed. I'm like, whoa, it could be bad when everyone tells you it's Video good. Video games <laughs> like, <can> be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, my reality is shattered here. <laughs> oh, no, what else is going <laughs> to... That was the best story. Like, and, like, the first time a game felt like a chore it's playing so through. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, games can so be good. not fun. Uh, dude, mine was probably Glover. Oh, probably dang, Glover. Glover, dude. Wow. Video Look. games can be like, make me mad. <laughs> oh yes, they can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking back at the past though, I do have uh, I have a question about the past experiences of E3. Uh, this is a very specific question from Zach. 
I'm going to ask you this first, and then I'm going to follow up with like what your first E3 experience was like. But this is a very specific question, and uh, it's like, it's kind of a little bit trying to troll you, Huber. So I'm going to prepare okay. you that. But it seems okay. like it's a good spun. So Great. Zach wants to let you know that my first E3 was 2018, and I also attended 2019. I had a lot of work appointments, so I didn't get to spend a ton of time on the floor. I do hold the honor of being the first person who got to play Resident Evil 2 Remake on the first day when the big nice. police station booth opened. So eat your heart out, Huber. Nice. <laughs> okay. However, I wanted to very much play Skull and Bones and even spend several hours online to play. I haven't spent several hours online trying to play it, but alas, I had an appointment and had to run off and was never able to play it. Eat my eat heart. Your heart out. That's what he I says. Was. That's what he just says. Eat my heart out, me. <laughs> Got you. <here. laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. Bones was fun, dude. Where is that game? It was legit fun. So, so this is their question, Huber. Were there any games you wanted to just play that were at E3, but you couldn't get around to it? Bonus points that the game was ultimately canceled or canceled or radically changed direction after you missed your chance. I never got to pretty much all Nintendo. It's mm. very rare for me to play Nintendo at E3. Uh, didn't get to play Breath of the Wild. I remember hearing your your guys' stories about just going different ways. Yeah. Like right when it started, Brad went left and you went right or something. Just yep. it happened to, to be that way. Yep. Um, and the booth and everything, would have loved to Dang. have. But to, for Zelda, man, I mean, that's an all-day all day commit commitment you yeah, know I think you get it was, their first thing in the morning and you i think wait. you probably had a first appointment and i think it was mm -hmm. you, it was brad kyle and i and we yeah, just like yeah. zerg rushed right yeah, there yeah, I remember. and like I remember. Just, because that was the plan like the first day we were kind of lacking on some appointments so we talked remember we talked to blood he's just like okay just try and go play breath of the wild we need as many <laughs> yeah. impressions so yeah yeah man it's, yeah that that that's the thing about e3 though is like you you gotta pick and choose and even when you try and mm -hmm. pick something you might be there all day because that's totally. what E3 has become. is like giant, what it had become. Yeah. You know, who knows if even, we go back to it. Yeah, because even really, no disrespect to smaller games, even smaller games, I can't really think of one, but even smaller games take a while. You know, oh, I have an appointment in the other hall at 4 o'clock. You mm -hmm. know, I wanna, I'm always there early. Got to get there at like 3.50. That means I stop whatever I'm doing at like 3.30 to get there by 3.50 wait till four do the thing done by that i mean that's like an hour and a half right there on like just one small game so yeah it's uh it's usually stacked packed i love it Definitely. i'm hungry for it um yeah. but i never i'm never i'm always grateful i'm never like regretful of like i just wanted to see the thing you know because um to me demos and trailers are spoilers so mm. like if i don't end up playing it like I'll play when it comes out if I if I really want to see that. Sure. Game, you know? But Zelda <laughs> will always, but Zelda and Mario will always be special. Like I want to play it definitely, no matter what. Like I don't give a shit about spoilers. Let me play it. I want to play it. Yeah, I feel like it was such yeah. a big game with Breath of the Wild. It was like you knew you're only getting 10, 15 minutes. It's like what yeah. what yeah. possibly yeah. can be ruined by this? Like you just want to know how to plays. It's an open world Zelda. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to, as you said, run in different directions and see what it's like. It reminds me of the coolest thing I ever did. Before I was in the industry, Damiani, do you remember the one and done thing? Maybe they had two of them. I think it was one E for all. Yep. Oh, yeah. E for all, dude. This was before I was in the industry. So it was a big ass deal because it was yep. open to the public. Went to this thing with Grunbaum. You always hear about Grunbaum allies. 
Grumbaum and I went to E for All. What did we have the privilege of playing? Metal Gear Solid 4. Months before it was out, Metal Gear nice. Freaking Solid 4. Yes. They put us in. Dude, it was amazing, man. It was like, think of E3, but like way smaller and intimate mm-hmm. and open to the public. It was it was the chillest thing ever. And for Metal Gear Solid 4, it was in giant trailers. Gosh, yeah. You put on your headphones. You had, like, your secluded little booth area, and you had, like, 15 or 20 minutes to just CQC the hell out of everyone. Gosh, yeah. It was incredible. It was incredible. That yeah, early that stuff was, like that, the impact. So yeah. and now, it was open for everyone. It was so cool. So E for all was before you got in there. So would that make what was your so then what was your first proper E three that you went to? And how proper did it how E3. did they compare? And like yeah, what was yeah, what was what was just walk me through the Huber experience of the yeah. first real E three. I'd have to go back and like really hone in on the exact year, but it was probably the one that comes like, to mind. It was probably like 2014 or 15 was my first one ever. Um, and I was interning at Game Trailers. And the internships were up. And E3 was coming up in about a month. So, Jeremy Hoffman, shout the hell out. My main man, Jeremy Hoffman. We got on really well with each other, dude. Guy had my back. So I worked hard, dude. I was always working really hard, helping everyone out, just being friendly, asking if, you know, using that restaurant working experience of like, yo, would, mm. anyone, would anyone ever, you know, anyone need anything? Just like, I'm all, I was always that guy. Um, so he comes to me in private and he goes, yo, we're going to need some bodies at E3. Would you like to sign, like work for an extra month for E3? So I was like, dude, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Hell <laughs> freaking yes. Whatever you need, point and shoot, I'm there. Um, so it was for Keeley's coverage, GTTV. And it, Keeley filmed it across the way. So he filmed yeah. it at um, LA Live, yeah, is it? Yeah. It's by now the Staples called Center. LA Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's right by the Staples Center, which is right by the LA Convention Center. So E3, if, if you're not familiar, E3 is at the Convention Center and Keeley and the Staples Center and all that is like seven minute walk away. So like mm-hmm. very close. Ten minutes if you're just like slowly walking. So we're filming across there. So this is a very long winded story. So we're, fi- we're filming there and I have to be on this thing, man. I'm intern PA helping guests come. Like it's really, it's a grind. It's hardcore. There's a whole nother side story that I like to tell about Bobby Burns and I trying to call our bank to <laughs> let them put money into an online gambling site to put money on the Kentucky Derby. Because the Kentucky <laughs> Derby was going on what? during E3 and Bobby Burns was trying to like place a bet on a horse. Hilarious side story. The origin of the betting specials right here. Yeah. We're trying to put money on a horse, dude. It never ended up happening. We couldn't get it to work. So then, final day. So that's the first couple days. Mm -hmm. I I have not been in E3, nothing. Final day, Jeremy comes. He's like, yo, we're done early today. Uh, You can can go across and, and go check out the floor. You can go over. So that was my first experience. So after everything was done with Keely and everything, I got to go over on the last day 
walk in dude i remember the moment it was my first time in e3 so obviously i made a big deal about just like walking in that exact moment looking at all the signs taking it in i remember standing there for a second just like deep breaths and then just walking around not waiting in line to play anything just walking around and looking at everything that was it that was, that was the long story. Sorry, that took so long. No, that was not long at all. That was jolly <laughs> and great. I will say, Huber, uh, the thing I remember, one of the things I remember most about first E3, like going into the doors, is like like just seeing the LA Convention Center. Just, I'd seen it in photos online. Seeing it in person, Iconic. it was like, it was, yeah, it was like that, that sense of wonder and awe, obviously. But I got to be honest, intimidation. It is. It's uh, huge. Especially, especially in 2000. So my first one. I got to go before I worked at game. Like I, I was doing it on my own. But the 2008 was the the first E3 I went to, um, uh, and it was first one back at the convention center. So it was a little bit smaller, but they still had all the banners. Like, and in 2009 was the first proper normal E3. Those two E3, especially 2009, I remember yeah. like everything being back to normal and like this is chaos. And like, but now I'm in official capacity. This is my job. I'm getting paid to do this. Like the intimidation of like, this is the, this is the big leagues now. Like uh, it was like, yeah, that, that that sense of like, Oh no, I got to be like so professional and like, let's go and stuff. And like how over the years, like that's like ease so much. Now it's like, dude, E3, like, you know, all the ins and outs. Like I know this, this, yeah, I know this, this is easy, but (laughs) it's intense. Yeah. I, I was lucky because a lot of reasons, but I was lucky in the sense of like the nerves beforehand because I had worked so closely with Jeff Keighley on GTTV. And that was scary, dude. Because that was like my first ever real gig. I was an intern, but like the other interns were mainly at the at home base, game trailer's office. I would always like go out with Keeley on the shoots. Yeah. Would never with Keeley. I would like obviously meet him there. I was with the the crew and everything, but mm-hmm. just like being having to be a part of those shoots and like just you better get your shit done man like no no fooling around no messing around high stakes so by the time e3 came around it was like okay I'm, i can do this yep yeah Ooh, e3 so close um was there anything i'm excited yeah i know you're excited was there, was there anything we didn't talk about that you just like that you just want to mention because i i know i was driving these mostly by patron questions mm-hmm. and uh, I was trying to pick the best ones but I only had like the patron questions to go off of there were a lot of them but I don't know if there's something that's like dude this is like we gotta talk about this otherwise nothing yeah we're good man nothing dude E3, E3 Zelda Mario Switch Pro hopefully the floodgates open dude they're ready I'm ready it's Nintendo's time yes we're just waiting it's Nintendo's time just waiting on that date come on Nintendo time the clock is ticking let's go we need that day <coughs> excuse me i'm gonna call it now i think they're just gonna go the last day tuesday is now the last yep. day of e3 but that's always been their day when End of the, the line and i think they're gonna do a morning to like presentation and then they're gonna do like their treehouse live deep dives into like showing off the gameplay of uh, the upcoming games probably throughout that day and I, that's what i'm expecting right now is that lock down that tuesday everybody I can't tell you right now. <laughs> but I mean, I legit, it, it, but, dude, but the the reports say that that's like as I said at the beginning of this episode. This episode we said the Switch Pro is supposed to be announced before all this. So like, 
dude. Yeah, uh, it's like there's like every day we get closer. It's like process of elimination, bud. Yeah, one less day. Your secrets are yeah. (laughs) The fog is lifting. Come on. Like right uh, now, dude. It could be Nintendo could be E3 the, leaks. By the time you're watching this public on Wednesday, they might have already done everything. So we might already be uh, like we were behind, but we'll we'll have to see. But dude, thank you. nine hours ago, Damiani, nine hours ago, <laughs> Nintendo new Metroid game leaks at Walmart. Just <laughs> <laughs> like leaks, dude. Yeah, the the, the listings were on like Amazon so sites for the Switch Pro God. and stuff, and like, oh, it's here we go. <laughs> Well, I love leaks that are true, and nobody believes them. Yep, that's the best. Hiding, the, in, hiding in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight, dude. Oh no, dismiss it. It can't be real. It's not happening, dude. Thank you so much for for chatting with me about about E3 and the the hype to come. Um, Pleasure. We're gonna be right back in just a moment with a special guest, uh, Simmons from Yo Video Games, is gonna be joining us to uh, talk a little bit about E3 and and also their history with E3. So uh, we'll be nice. right back. All right, we're back with Simmons from Yo Video Games. Hey, everyone. <laughs> So glad to have you back on, and uh, this is, I thought, was the perfect episode because we've been having, we had Huber on, we're going to have Isla on a little bit later, and we're talking, obviously we've been talking about the upcoming E3. It is the the, the week before, uh, supposedly, because as we mentioned before, we don't even have a date yet from Nintendo, but we're talking about what we kind of think is going to be there, expectations, answering your patron questions about what you think we're going to see there, but also taking a look back at the past of E3, sharing our first experiences and diving a little bit into what maybe E3 was before uh, some of you even knew what E3 was. So I'm more afraid uh, it'll be what E3 was before some of some of the uh, listeners were born. <laughs> yeah. Because that that's how far back I go. <laughs> E3 does go back a long way. It, it probably, for some of you, it probably started before you were even born. That's very true. But, yeah, uh, I didn't go to the very first E3, uh, but oh, yeah. I'm, aware, <laughs> I, I, I'm aware of the first E3 because it's, it's sort of infamous because that was where the Sega Saturn launched. Like mm-hmm. un, unannounced, the, un, yep. uh, unexpectedly, <laughs> in 1995. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how I like in, in my brain. I, I put a little pin on like you know what's significant about the first. When was the first E3? It was 95 when when Sega decided to nuke their own console launch. Such a yeah. Uh, we talk so much about that. We will get to we'll get to some E3 stuff of the past in just a little bit with Simmons here, but uh, I have some patron questions, Matt, um, sure. about what we might see at E3, and uh, these ones I kind of handpicked because I knew they'd be right up your alley, uh, and this first one comes from JG. Um, hey, allies, with E3 fast approaching and only two characters remaining in the Smash Ultimate Fighters Pass, who do you hope will be announced? And who do you actually think it'll be? And I'll add this on because a few other patrons asked about this, but they specifically want to know, do we think we're only getting one announcement, or do we think we'll get both of the final fighters in one dump? Okay, this is, you know, it's, it's a very common question, actually. But he's it's kind of two questions, because who, who do you want, who do you think? Yeah, um, yep, 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 yep. I, okay, so who I think, which I've been wrong, because I've, I've been expecting this 
from the very first character. And I was surprised when the first character was Joker. Um, but even before Joker was announced, I was like, oh, it's it's definitely going to be like Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. Like, uh, Koei Tecmo does so much work with Nintendo. They've, mm-hmm. they've co-developed so much stuff with them. It's got to be. Like, they've got to have a rep at some point, right? And it's never, <laughs> still hasn't happened. Like, we still haven't gotten any Koei Tecmo rep in Smash. So I'm kind of like, um, I'm still, I am... I, I'm that 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 you know stupid gambler who keeps putting it on the number. You know it's gonna hit someday. It's gonna hit someday on the roulette table. So <laughs> for me, I'm like, okay, Ryu Hayabusa, and and I and I honestly think the other one, and I I cannot ever remember this character's name. I call I just call him Kung Fu Panda from Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's um it's like a panda bear who's got like a Ryu headband on, and he does like martial arts. It's like Ur- Urushifu or something oh like that. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'll just look um, it up I, I, if it's not if it's not clear, I do not follow modern Pokemon games. But it's not it's not Poncham, um, is it? Uh, no, it's okay. it's got a it's got like a oh name. the bigger one, uh, Pongoro. I could be I. I I, most of my chat usually likes to tell me it's Uru Shifu or Shifu or something something with an, with starts with a U. I think. Does it have like a He's, leaf thing coming out of its mouth, like it's chewing uh, on like a twig? No, I don't, maybe I don't think so. I think so. I think he's from the DLC for, oh, for Sword and Shield. Okay, right. And and usually I, the only reason I say this Kufu, is because like, Kufu, Kubfu, Kubfu, right? Yeah, but like his evolved form, so oh, so it's uh, more like okay. St- you know, like a bigger standing one. And the only reason I say this is I'm like, well, okay, Smash Brothers likes to usually have some generational representative. There are some generations missing in Smash, I understand that. Um, but generally, like, they like to get ahead on on, on stuff. So um, there's to me, it's usually like, there's usually like some Pokemon rep from like the latest Pokemon game, if they can have it. And, um, you know, like the starters, you know, maybe Score Bunny's there, but the reason I don't think like it'll be any of the uh, of the starter sets from Sword and Shield is because again, for Score Bunny seems to be the most uh, easily transferable to a Smash character, but they just had Incineroar at the start, so that's why I'm like, okay, they'll probably go with something else. The other two aren't really don't really seem to to match up as like a fighting game character as well, uh, but. Maybe the, the the DLC for Sword and Shield might be that that sort of okay. Here's here's this martial arts panda bear that seems like a great fit for Smash. So for me, I've always said probably a Pokemon. And then when I saw like it, there was this this I, don't know, I just call it Kung Fu Panda. Um, yeah, so it is <laughs> this Urshifu. 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 Yeah. So I'm like Urshifu or maybe Ryu Hayabusa. Those are my predictions, my safe bets. Just a Pokemon and and a Koei Tecmo rep. Yeah. So those are my safe predictions. I think I think the um, Ryu one is generally expected because as you for everything you said, because of Koei Tecmo having such a good working relationship with Nintendo. Um, yeah. I do think that's not an E3 level of announcement. It, it's still a big deal for. It'll be big. It's always a big deal for someone. It's always someone's biggest deal. But I think mm-hmm. if that's going to be the case, uh, for the other questions that patrons asking, the, the last question about do we think it'll be one or two? I think if it is Ryu Hayabusa uh, is one of them, then they're also going to throw in like the last one, especially if the last one's like maybe a bigger character like a Dante or something. If it's not a mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a like Pokemon character, even if it's a Pokemon character, that might be the bigger one. I think they'll put them together to try and you know increase the impact to be like exciting yeah. potentially. I, I- 
and and as far as if do, do I think they'll do one or two characters? I really don't know, because you know they did two characters at I think it was twenty nineteen Z three, and they were big characters. Uh, obviously, Hero was big for Japan, and Banjo was a huge sort of like wish list character. Um, you know, I mean, I granted like Banjo because we haven't been in in like a new game in a long time, but like. It, there's there's so much history with the duo with their games with Nintendo with Microsoft and being Microsoft characters there's like there was so much there were so many things that made it impossible and it was highly requested and it just couldn't happen or we just thought it could never happen so that was such a big big deal to end E3 2019 on that note um and considering these are by all accounts the last two characters for Smash Ultimate, you know, bearing any unforeseen, cir- you know, circumstances, uh, you know, you'd think maybe they want to go out with a huge bang, but mm-hmm. there is another side to this, if, if you'll indulge me a bit, and that is, I kind of feel like Fighters Pass Two feels more like tying up loose ends than it feels like, you know, getting those dream uh, wish list characters in there. Um, you know, Min Min felt like, okay, Min Min's cool, and I'm not knocking Min Min, but it, it feels a bit like this is a character he wanted in the main roster, didn't have time, set it aside. The exact same thing with Pyra and Mithra. Um, they, they felt like, I really wish I had time to put these characters in there, because they're like, they're great new uh, Nintendo Switch characters from the first year on the market. You know, uh, Minecraft Steve obviously is a big get. He's a big wish list character, and the only reason I think he's in this season is because I'm going to guess this is all just this is all just tales from my mind. Um, Microsoft, the Microsoft deal with Nintendo probably uh, was solidified long before the game even came out. Uh, like they knew they knew they were going to do both of these characters, you know, f- well in advance. But I'm going to guess Sakurai and the team probably went, okay, Steve's going to be a weird character. We're going to need a lot of time to think about how we're going to, you know, make him do his moveset and then program it and make, you know, make sure it doesn't crash the system. So we're going to need a lot of extra time to make sure Steve works. Banjo, we could probably, you know, figure out a moveset and everything and do that much quicker than we could for Steve. So I think Steve was just sort of... We, we know he's going to be a big character, but it's going to take a lot of work. So we're going to, like, put him a little further back. And then Sephiroth, to me, has always, always, always felt like Sakurai being a perfectionist. I, I just feel like he knows Cloud was massively underrepresented in, in the game. Like, he knows he didn't have spirits. He knows he didn't have music. He knows, like, it, it felt like it was, it was a, you know, almost just like, well, he's barely in there. And it's like Final Fantasy is way too prominent of a game series worldwide to just have just the barest minimal effort of his character, just what was in Smash Four and nothing more. Like he didn't even we didn't even have the Chocobo hats uh, or Gino, you know, when when the game came out. Those came way later. So I think Sephiroth, to me in my mind, was Sakurai feeling like I'm really upset that Final Fantasy doesn't have more, and I want to correct this. Um, and and maybe the only way to do that was through DLC because that that would money that would directly be giving a lot more money per sale to Square, which is probably what was needed. And um, and I can tell this, I can tell you this as a content creator online. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies tied up in those in those music rights. 
around the world a lot, like way more than I, even more than I thought uh, about before. But I can tell you, oh yeah, there's it's it's not just one person you have to deal with there. So it's like that nightmare of legal entanglement had to be probably worked out a lot before they could get more music into it. It's probably why they couldn't do it at launch. It's probably why at launch there was just still only two Final Fantasy songs. So, um, but yeah, like so all that in mind, I kind of. I might caution the the idea of getting too hyped for the last two characters because they may not be these these uh, mind blowing events. You know, oh my gosh, we got he Sakurai got Terry and then Joker and Banjo. You know, and all these like uh, really kind of out there characters, like you know, big third party um, stuff. It may not be that for the last two because. It might it might just be tying up a loose ends kind of fighter pass, you know. Like again, it might be a Pokemon and maybe Ryu Hayabusa. So I don't know. And like you said, Ryu Hayabusa will be big to a lot of people, but it it wouldn't be as big as say Master Chief or Kratos. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, being fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do think that the, the, your explanation there about maybe you know keep some you know hype in check because it's always like nice to dream. And obviously, with only two slots left, obviously, there's way too many requests out there. There are too many hopes and yeah. dreams. They're not going to be satisfied with those two. And uh, as misreported by a lot of outlets recently, uh, Sakurai is not considering retirement from Nintendo, but did reconfirm that this is his end of his involvement in Smash Brothers Ultimate, that this is Season 2's Fighting Pass is it. He does not want to work on anything beyond this. He has no desire and so, I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually surprised by that honestly. Yeah. Um, c- considering like okay like uh, he, like he has said it on his own little um, little segments he's done like he knows he'll never there will never be a video game with this much copyright crossover in it ever again. So to me I'm kind of like yeah well why don't you just just ride this wave forever as long as you can you know Rainbow Six Siege has been going on for like six years with you know keep getting new mm-hmm. content and there's a lot of other. Um, live service games that just kind of just, just keep adding content for it, and I'm like, Smash has got the numbers. I feel to to justify it. Um, so yeah, a big part of me actually kind of wonders, like, you know, uh, obviously maybe maybe just take a break. That's fine if you need to go take a six month vacation. I don't think anyone will begrudge you that. But like, part of me also sits there and wonders, like, yeah, but why would you stop? Like, as long as the Switch exists, you should just you should just keep adding characters because they're in that sort of realm of Fortnite, they're not as big as Fortnite, but they're in that realm of Fortnite where it's like Fortnite can just keep adding uh, guest characters from all over the universe because they're that big. They've got that, that you know, those numbers. And I think Smash is kind of there, so it's like, I would ride this. I'd ride it forever if, if, if I was Nintendo. But, you know, if Sakurai doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it, and Nintendo is 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 that company who would be like, we're not going to, you know, we, we already kind of push him to, to make them alone. Um, I think I think even they wouldn't wouldn't go too far. If, like he really doesn't want to work on this series anymore, I don't think Nintendo <clears throat> would push him. And I and I kind of don't think I kind of don't think Nintendo would would make it without his involvement either. There there are they are again that company who's like uh to you know for for example um people a lot of people don't know this in the early two thousands early mid two thousands uh Iwata pitched making an Earthbound, a brand new Earthbound on the GameCube. And he had uh, Yasuyuki Hon from uh, Monolith Soft make a prototype using clay and felt, uh, actual fabric, 
and made a prototype version of, of Earthbound running on that with Ness and running around in like Onet or whatever. And he presented it to a toy and the toy was, ba- he basically was, he laughed and said, no, like I'm not doing this. Um, so now there is copyright involved with Earthbound, but like if the creator of a project really doesn't want to do it at Nintendo, they don't, they usually just don't do it. Like F zero's not come back because Everyone just at Nintendo's like, oh, I don't have a great idea for it, so no one's pushing it. Like they, they don't want they they don't just do it just because, um, you know, we need to do it. Like it, it's weird if 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 a creator doesn't want to do something and they have the sort of like um, connection to a series, it feels like Nintendo won't do it just for the sake of doing it. You know, like it, it just generally does feel that they 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 do take into account the passion behind wanting to do a product at Nintendo. So if Sakurai really doesn't want to do a Smash Brothers, I don't think Nintendo's going to, like, necessarily find someone who's like, whoa, we need someone to keep Ultimate going, so we'll just... You you can, you can leave. You may go now. We'll find someone else, and we'll just keep adding stuff to it. I don't know. To me, it just always feels like that the way that company functions, that if he doesn't want to do it, Nintendo doesn't want to do maybe. it. Maybe. I mean, he also said he's going to end his, 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 his column as well. I think maybe he wants to wrap it up, but... I think the pro- the thing with Smash Brothers, though, to maybe wrap up this question, is that I, I think it is too big of a franchise to let it sleep dormant. If, even if Sakurai moves on, I think Nintendo will find a successor to take over that series. And they'll, just, th- you know, yeah. they'll, they'll try something with it. They're not going to let they'll, it die. Th- they'll do something with the next major console. Yeah. N- not the pro, I mean, but like the next big console. If Sakurai doesn't want to do it come the next Nintendo system, they'll absolutely find someone to do it. But I mean, in regards to Ultimate... Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, yeah. I don't. I, I think if Sakurai's burnt out and done, and I think it Nintendo's gonna be like, all right, is, he's yeah. he's done, we're done. I'm not gonna, we're, we're not gonna push it for ultimate. But when it comes to a new console and a new game, mm, they might they might definitely find someone who's willing to take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking, but yeah, I, we we didn't say who we wanted. I don't know who you want. Um, I don't. I've I've past things. I mean, I want I want. Like like Master Chief and Dante and stuff like or Kratos and Kratos and Master Chief or Dante and Master Chief just because <clears throat> Master Chief would be like another iconic get and Kratos would be a Sony get like I just like Sony has no representation in Smash but I mean if this was supposed to be a celebration of gaming it's like kind of having Sony in there would be like complete it would be like it would make it whole to someone mm-hmm. like me who's views it as a historical like landmark game it already is but you know. That that would be it. I mean, if it's not Kratos, some other like iconic Sony character would be a good pick. But we'll we'll have to see. I don't I, at this point. I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. I think the best maybe is Master Chief is like the final surprise if that's even it. Dante I think still has a chance. But as you said, mm-hmm. your the things about tying loose ends. I mean, it, it, it could just be like Yuribusa to like you know pay tribute to Koei Tecmo, um, you know, and honor them with like you know, hey, you, we've been such a good working relationship. Here is your character. You know, we really wanted to do this. And then, like, another Pokemon, as you said, is just equally as likely to someone like me. But you did mention, um, when we talk about, like, where Smash Bros. may go, we talked about new consoles. This next question is about uh, a new unit. <laughs> about Finally, about the Switch Pro. This comes from Samuel Yin. Uh, do you think the presence of the Switch Pro at Nintendo's E3 increases the chances we will see either Metroid Prime 4 Bayonetta 3 or Xenoblade 3 alongside the Breath of the Wild sequel. So how do you think Switch Pro's presence, since it's eminent, its reveal, is going to impact what we're going to be seeing at E3? Um, 
we will not see Metroid Prime 4 um, at this E3. That is my... I am firmly believing on that. And the reason is because, uh, from what I understand... Now, this is going to begin a little, little delving into a little insider stuff. Um, around September 2018 is internally when the Metroid Prime 4 project was pulled from all the other developers and preliminarily given to Retro. And then they announced it like the beginning of February 2019. And they had already been doing you know, a couple months of it. So we're about two and a half years into full development of Metroid Prime 4. And half of that time is spent during COVID yeah. panic. <clears throat> so... I don't think we're going to see anything on Metroid Prime 4. I think Bayonetta 3 is pretty likely. <laughs> uh, I think... Um, I, I honestly think the reason... One big reason we might not have seen Bayonetta 3 is because they were holding it back for the Switch Pro. Ah, um, good point. It, 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 it's, starting to, it, it's starting to line up to me because Nintendo knew they were going to do a Switch Pro a long time ago. Um, and... Because a character action game kind of really demands high frame rate, um, they may have been holding it back to show it in its best light. So yeah, and, and to be clear, yeah, these reports about a Switch Pro have been around for about two years now. So yeah. they're coming true. It, it, I mean, these are trusted sources that are the same ones that are reporting the imminent, you know, re- reveal of it. So yeah, it was clear they were making plans for this, and yeah. And, yeah. As, as you know, Nintendo's usually actually pretty good about not being Ubisoft regarding, you know, you know, uh, bull shots and, and footage and yeah. stuff. So, like, Nintendo generally likes to show, like, actual games running on actual hardware. So they would hold back Bayo 3 to show it in its best light because they don't want to show, like, a year ago, show Bayonetta 3, say it's coming in a year or two. And it's running at a great frame rate. And then when it comes out, all these vanilla or Switch Lite owners are going to be like, this looks and runs nothing like you showed. Yeah. I, you know, so they're going to be like, this is running on a Switch Pro. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of like when Hyrule Warriors uh, Legends on the 3DS oh, yeah. came out. You know, like the, <laughs> the uh, all the footage was off of the new Nintendo 3DS version, which had better hardware. Um, Nintendo obviously was not going to showcase that game running on a vanilla 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel it's a sim- similar situation. So I actually do think there's a good chance Bayo 3 shows up. Xenoblade 3 is is an interesting one because you know I'm the big Monolith Soft guy, um, and I'm yeah, I'm really wanting it. So I have to like curtail my my <laughs> frothing demand for it. Um, but there's good signs. There's good signs. Um, it's been it's been you know three and a half years since their last full console release. Um, they've they've more than doubled their company size since 2017 when Breath of the Wild and Xenoblade Two came out. So that's a good sign. Uh, Takahashi gave an interview last year talking about how in May 2018. Both games, a new game and Definitive Edition, were greenlit. And they went into full production on both as soon as they wrapped Torna, which was all only DLC anyways. And that was around August, September of 2018. And half the team was doing a new game, half was kind of doing Definitive Edition. And then he said once Definitive Edition wrapped, they immediately all moved over to the new game. Uh, So, you know, you're looking at a game that's 
you know, if you if you line everything up, because uh, Xenoblade X came out end of April 2015 in Japan and December 2015 in North America, and they spent the next two years, just two years, getting Breath of the Wild done and and Xenoblade Two done. Uh, so they've already had more time and more staff to make Breath of the Wild 2 and another game as well. And, and yes, Definitive Edition was also kind of in there as well. Um, but again, they've had way more staff than they used to. So the timing is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's been some murmur around if you follow musicians. I kind of yep. don't <laughs> like I don't like jumping to conclusions on that. You know, I don't like saying, oh, this is what that is kind of thing. Um, but that being said, it, it seems... It, okay, like, to, to indulge a little bit, for a lot of people who don't know, there there is a, there, there's a music studio called Procyon Studios. Uh, they do uh, concerts and music soundtracks for video games. They did the Xenoblade 2 soundtrack, along with some other collaborators. They've recently been doing a lot of recording. We didn't know what it was for. However, as 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 one of my longtime uh, uh, subs on my Twitch pointed out, there was the most boomer way ever to reveal something because there's the Bratislavia Symphony Orchestra has a choir. And to my knowledge, they've only ever recorded for a, a video game once before, and that was for Xenoblade 2. And then on their Facebook page, they posted an image saying we're doing, you know, distance, uh, you know, at distance choir recording today. It's for a video game being released in Japan. It's for a Japan video game. Yep. And as someone pointed out, that's the most boomer way to reveal, accidentally reveal something. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't say and, the and name. Then, yeah, well, he didn't. But then, but yeah. then, but then, Mitsuda san himself, Yasunori Mitsuda, the composer, yeah. the main composer for Xenoblade Two, commented, "You know, oh, thank you. It was a really great time." And it's just kind of like, oh, <laughs> yep. yep, 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 yep. So they're doing something yeah. for a video game. We don't know what. We know they've recorded with the Tokyo Philharmonic. Uh, they've done, you know, uh, distance, social distance, because Japan's actually have in, yeah, in lockdown again. Uh, so, so they've been doing the social distancing where they record chunks of the orchestra in different segments, like, you know, woodwinds and brass and strings. And, and then they did choir with Bratislavia or, uh, Symphony Orchestra. Um, we don't know what game it is. We didn't even know it was a game until, until that Facebook post. But it's like, we know they're doing a game, but... Some people have sort of jumped to the conclusion that, oh, it's definitely got to be for a Monolith Soft project. And I'm like, well, that is generally who he works for. He has a a very close working relationship with with uh, Takahashi-san. Like, it, you can actually find the Iwata asks for, for the first Xenoblade where he talks about they have, like, nicknames for each other, like Misan and, and um, uh, uh, Takasan or something. Like, they have, like, these really shortened honorifics for each other, like, on a... Like basically, like, I know him on a first-name basis. Um, and Matsuda doesn't really like composing brand-new games because he works himself really hard when he goes on these things. And he had to be asked three times to do Xenoblade 2. So it'd be, it'd be crazy in my mind to see if someone could could convince him to do a full orchestral mm-hmm. recording for a video game that that wasn't something like that. But who, again, I don't... I don't want to jump the gun, you know? I don't want to put the, the, the cart before the horse, you know? Like, yes, 
the the compose the main the headline composer for Xenoblade 2 is doing is composing something for a video game using some of the exact same people he used for Xenoblade 2 right now it's been described as something that's uh dark sad but but also hopeful and spiritual and those those are the words one of the one of the apparently one of the music session recordings was talking about. So it's like, mm, boy, that does sound like Xeno. Mm. <laughs> but again, don't want to jump to conclusions here. I have, you know, I almost feel bad bringing it up, but it's like the recording right now lines up with the exact same amount of time they were recording music for two when two came out in December of 2017. So it's like, there's a lot of planets aligning, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited, but you know, gosh darn it, it is what I want. And I do honestly think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be their headline game for the fall. Now, the, the Pokemon Diamond Pearl remakes being put on November 19th yep. was a bit of a curveball for me because I'm like, oh, well, that's their big November game. Okay. But then yeah. to 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 counter that curveball, a lot of ports from Bloomberg and, and uh, I believe, uh, who was it, Eurogamer, are saying like they're they're anticipating a September launch. For the for yep. the for the Switch Pro, yep. so if Switch Pro launches in September, then that's when Breath of the Wild Two comes out. Because I think Breath of the Wild Two will be the headline title for the system. That is very. That is a lot. Of, a lot of people are expecting because they put a date on the Switch Pro. Um, I, I agree, and there have been some sources who have been putting out there that yeah, Breath of the Wild is closer to done than people are thinking. Like people thinking it's further off or like incorrect that it is something that is it's been it's very far along and it, it is tied to switch pro and that it that that was a timing dance they wanted to get right and now that it seems to be coming together it they'll be ready to talk about it. and it would make sense a june a june reintroduction of the game like here's gameplay here's it running on switch pro and by the way july uh, september it's coming out in three months and that's been their mo for the past year and a half is that we show a game three months before it comes out i i think honestly that one feels very a comfortable guess for someone like me. Obviously, that might, might, might not be true, but I, I think it is a very that's a very likely scenario. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. And and my thing is like it's been four years since they wrapped DLC on Breath of the Wild. You know, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, not DLC. The, you know, the main game. Main game. Yeah. The main game wrap has wrapped over four years ago, and then they did some DLC, and that was like one chunk of DLC, and that was kind of it. So again, like. It is it is a team effort. It is being made by Monolith Soft and Nintendo EPD. Um, but I mean, again, it's been it's been a long time, and it's not a game that's going to try to drastically reinvent uh, what they've done. Like it's using a very similar art style. It may be even using the same world, even or parts of it. Uh, it it's not like this this weird thing where Skyward Sword came out so long after uh, Twilight Princess because Skyward Sword was trying to trying to use brand new tech. And I think uh, we we've we've heard rumblings too that Skyward Sword kind of like started and restarted development like multiple times. Like they tried to make it work and then they gave up and they tried to do it traditionally and then they they saw Wii Sports Resort and then they went back to to Motion Plus and tried to make it work again. Um, and then we ended up with the game we got. Um, so uh, yeah, like to, again, we we it is it is the 35th for Zelda. Um, and part of me kind of feels like, really, is, is the only thing for the 35th going to be a kind of, kind of straight port of Skyward Sword? That, that, mm. <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2 does seem, like that, does seem like that big showpiece game. But I think on the other hand, though, if, if not, um, what, if, what, if, what if something's happened to it and 
maybe they need more time. So they have other games like Pokemon and Pokemon Legends in particular mm-hmm. to sort of like satiate. Well, Legends know, is until January uh, now. We got a date for that. So that, if it's September, we did get a date that for is that. a and that, that is just gap between pro launch. And yeah. And, and well, Legends. I do think. Well, if here's here's my thing. If if Breath of the Wild Two is not the launch title for the Switch Pro, uh, I can't imagine it coming out. It might. It, I'm saying it might get pushed a little further back um, if they have something else in between. So it's like ah, the Switch Pro, it'll do all this stuff. Here's you know here's some big third party games. Here's like a different first party game, and then we got Pokemon Legends coming pretty soon after. Um, maybe that's going to be their attitude. I don't know. I still think Breath of the Wild 2 is what you headline with that. It had it's it headlined the Switch and it's the best-selling Zelda game by 3 country miles. Um they're going to want to repeat that success with with the the Switch Pro. Yeah. I can't I just I just there is sort of that attitude where it's that part of my mind where I'm like, well, Nintendo sometimes, you know, sometimes does things you wouldn't expect and I'm like, yeah, but like gosh, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, not launching with Breath of the Wild two for that new system is just seems just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 as you said, sometimes Nintendo does what you don't expect. So I can I, I can honestly see Switch Pro not launching with Breath of the Wild. That that is a sequel. Sorry, that is definitely a possibility. Um, and it can launch with something else. Absolutely. Uh, I, I will say that I do think if it doesn't come out in September, I still think it's coming out by. I even think it could come out in November, just the first week of November. Nintendo has definitely done major, double major release, releases in a single mm-hmm. month, and that, that's something they could do. They they, they might just be greedy. They think both are going to sell, you know, regardless of being two weeks apart or whatever. And, and, and I feel like we should also always constantly bring this up and mention this, and that is the fact that Nintendo does not get 100% of the profits off of Pokemon games. They are not all Nintendo money. Nintendo gets a portion, like 30 to 40%, I believe, was what we kind of got revealed when people were asking about Pokemon Go. Um, now, they may get a little more than that for, for a console game, but uh, Nintendo does not outright own Pokemon or the Pokemon company. They are, they are not... It is not fully first party. They actually do... And I, I had a conversation one-on-one with uh, with Bill Trinan about this, Um where like yeah they actually have to ask permission for for Smash Brothers, like Nintendo has to go and get approval from Pokemon Company to a can we use this b here's all the animations here's what they're doing it, do you approve yes or no like it is not it is not just I'm Nintendo you do what I say when I say it like the Pokemon Company is actually a separate entity and they do share profits so as much as Diamond and Pearl is going to sell and is going to make Nintendo a ton of money, they are not going to... They One copy sale of, of Diamond and Pearl will not net Nintendo as much money as one copy sale of, as Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is not a one-to-one there. So that's why you're, you're right. They could, they could double, you know, have a, a, a double big release in November uh, because Nintendo will want something big that's going to get them yeah. all the money. Also, Pokemon Diamond Pearl are remakes, and they are... Uh, I think they're speaking to... There's definitely crossover, obviously, but they're speaking to potentially different audiences, and I, I just think they are... They can both coexist in the same month. But uh, to maybe... Uh, to, to wrap up this question, I will... like What you did say, I will counter one thing. I think there there's still a chance... I mean, I think you even would concede there's 
still some chance that Metroid Prime 4 could show up, even though you're highly doubtful of it. I, I'm I, very doubtful. Yeah, I think I understand. COVID's probably the biggest reason why nothing would show up about it. But if the, the one more, if they're going to do a one more thing, I think that will be it. I think it'll be showing something subs- substantive, like subs- not substantial, but like something more than a title screen <laughs> of Metroid Prime yeah. 4. Just like maybe like a. 15 second clip of Samus walking down a hallway in real time on Switch Pro, and that's it. And it says, like, yeah, yeah. in that, like, now in full development or yeah. something, like, something like hey, that. I, <laughs> I, w- I would love to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to I, be no, wrong. I, I totally know. Uh, and I agree with you on <laughs> Bayonetta 3 that, you know, given Platinum's pedigree, they want the game to look and run as best as possible. And that's probably maybe why they, they've had to be so coy every time they ask. Yeah, development's still coming along. It's still, every, hey, everyone, it still exists. It's probably, they're probably frustrated because it's like, you can't show it because of Rich Pro. It's like, ah! And uh, yeah, the, the Xenoblade 3 breadcrumbs are definitely there. And uh, it, it, even if it's not going to be Breath of the Wild, let's say it's for some reason Xenoblade 3 is further along, man, that this is the time for Xenoblade to like, this would be the biggest be. push for this series <laughs> to like break out and achieve like even bigger success. This this let, is the moment let, and it absolutely me, deserves let, it. Let me let me let me make all all of Easy Allies hate me forever. But if it came down to me and they said we only have time for one or we only can release one at launch for the Switch Pro, it's Breath of the Wild two or Xenoblade three. I'm like, oh, I'll take Xenoblade three. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> I want both. I really want both because God, 2017 was such a, an amazing year for gaming, and we got both of those games, but. Uh, I, something about something about Xenoblade Two. I'm I, I'm I'm like it's like my Animal Crossing. I've put 400 hours into it on my Switch, and I don't know why I can't stop going back. It's it's really a lot of it is it's just the environments and the music. I just I love being in that environment, and I love having that that just you know best in class world you know you know uh, music musical score from all those composers and and all those production values and orchestras and, and stuff that, that went into it. It's just like, I, I just like being there. And it, it to me, it, it is it is like the ultimate uh, f- uh, fulfillment of, of what Nintendo was even talking about at the earliest E3s. Remember when the GameCube was brand new, they're like, world's worth exploring was one of their big taglines <laughs> yep. at one of their early E3s. And it, to me, it's like, it's the ultimate fulfillment of that promise. We're going to have like, these great, big, beautiful worlds. And, we're gonna, and there's just this, just... Um, amazing just soundtracks just filling your head constantly and I'm just like I, I don't want to stop playing this stuff so yeah I'm, I'm I'm the weirdo now where it's like Zelda's my favorite franchise of all time and I still think it has the best games of all time are Zelda are the Zelda some of the Zelda games but right now I'm like when it comes to Switch Pro and having that new hardware and stuff I, 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 I want Xenoblade 3 probably more than anything right now sure now uh you did mention uh that, that GameCube tagline about uh, the, the past here has been one of the other parts of the themes of this episode is not just looking at the future for the upcoming E3, but looking back at past E3s. Um, and uh, I have a question um, from, uh, from, from, uh, from Tommy Lee, sorry. Uh, I forget if I said the credit for the last question, the, the one about Switch Pro was from Samuel Yen. So if I didn't say that, I apologize. I forget if I said that, but uh, thank you for that question, Samuel, about the Switch Pro. Um, but next one's from Tommy Lee. Um, what was it like to be at E3 before live streams were a thing? For Nintendo stuff, were you there for Reggie's legendary introduction? Love and respect, Lee. And uh, 
before you answer this, Simmons, I obviously you can expand upon this, but to our audience who aren't familiar, um, Simmons is like the equivalent of Bloodworth in terms of like just ancient in terms of E3 attendance. Um, uh, Bloodworth, yeah, uh, maybe Jones as well. I don't know how early Jones has been going to E3s, but Bloodworth definitely has been going for a long time. But like for for me, like Simmons, Simmons is like. Obviously, you said you didn't go to the first one, but like you've been going for way longer than I have, and like I feel like I've been going forever too. So, yeah, man, what a uh, yeah. Uh, what about Tommy's two, question? Yeah, two. Two thousand one was my first E three, and this sits next to me on my desk. This is from two thousand one. It is a squishy, <laughs> <The> squishy. <laughs> squishy GameCube. It was the first year that GameCube was shown uh, playable to the public for the first time. They showed it at Space World 2000, and the first playable public showing, I believe, was E3 2001, and that is the first E3 I went to. Um, I can kind of tell you, well, it's a, it's an interesting question because it's like before streaming. So are you talking about like, if you're talking about the people at home, or are you talking about being on the show floor? Uh, because here's the difference mm-hmm. for being at home, for the viewer is that Nintendo didn't used to have directs. They would have one big, long press conference, usually before the show. Now, the difference used to be that those press conferences for Nintendo were way longer, but they weren't showing more stuff. You'd get a lot of segments where, hey, bring out this is this you know accountant, and he's going to sit there and, and fudge numbers and tell you how much money, how many units we sold, and they show you a bunch of graphs, mm-hmm. a bunch of charts, and they would say, like, we're making so much profit. You know, everyone, everyone had their own spin on why they were doing the best. Um, and that would literally take up like a half hour yep. of time. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, so for for the home viewer experience at E three, it used to actually be like way there used to be way more dead time of just like wasting time there. Now on the show floor, Nintendo goes through blocks um, where like they'll have similar style booths for like two three year chunks of time, if you will. Um, one thing Nintendo used to always do at E three is there used to be a sort of carnival style game show prize thing somewhere in the center of their booth again this is this is where you would get you know something like this so you'd have like this sort of wheel of fortune or spin the wheel thing one year and people would walk away with uh like rc cars for mario kart stuff squishy gamecube squishy gameboy advances um you know so there would always be like a sort of like giveaway like you'd wait in line you'd get up you'd go you sit at a table and someone would spin a big wheel and whatever landed in front of you is the prize you get sometimes you'd walk away with the game boy advance um so there used to always be some weird game show element thing nintendo would host in their booths in the in the early 2000s and then um then it became there used to be nintendo used to have some big chunk of their booth that was completely with curtains walled off and it was like some experience you'd go into. Like with the launch of the DS, you'd wait in this line, you'd go in, you go into this like little room, like you you talk to Charles Martinet on literally what was a virtual, a VTuber head for Mario, like before VTubing was even a thought in anyone's mind. And he would he would talk to some of the people waiting, you know, in this little waiting room. And then you'd go inside to this basically like this little segment or this little booth within a booth and play DS demos. And then they they had that amazing dungeon for Twilight Princess, which is probably still the most extravagant booth thing I've ever seen done for E3 ever. Um, Bethesda's kind of tried to do some of that stuff, but like you also got to play two different demos, and each demo had two different segments. So there were four demos of Twilight Princess you could play, and you would go through a forest, then you went through a dungeon, or well, and then you went through like a different dungeon. It was basically two different dungeons, but um, it was like forest castle dungeon 
uh, and they had like these these giant Stalfos. Uh, um, uh, I want to They weren't animatronics. Oh. They're marionettes. Oh, okay. There was an, an there was an animatronic wolf link in the last part, the dungeon part that was based off of the forest temple in Twilight Princess, and you know it could be manually controlled. Um, but there was that was just that, I've never seen any 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 such thing ever done. Even even Breath of the Wild, which had that whole like go into this 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 shrine waiting room, see a video and then the door opens up and you go in and it's just and it was just like 300 demo stations for yeah. Breath of the Wild 1. Um which I appreciated that, but <clears throat> um even that, they didn't have anywhere near as much like interactivity or like n- you know flagrant spending <laughs> as much it, it probably cost as much just from inflation but like yeah like yeah it's also they, they used to evolution do that. of like what e3 had to become because like back then there you know there's more and more people going and the demand for hey we want to actually play games here so like it's probably why it's harder to do a booth like that twilight princess booth mm-hmm. because it's like it's nice makes for good photo ops and, and like immersiveness but like there's only so many booths, so many demo stations you'd fit in there. People would, like like the even as nice as the seven remake booth was at Square Enix um, uh, two years ago in 2019, they still had to make like a large area for enough stations for people to play. So it's like yeah. I feel like it's a balance and balancing act they've had to learn over and, the years. And, yeah. and I don't think any companies really learned it. Even not Nintendo, they brought like 16 demo units. For Link's Awakening in 2019, yeah. or like 16, you brought 16 Link's Awakening. You nuts! Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, I have I have a huge issue with like people not bringing enough playable demo units, so everyone just you just wait in line all day for one game. I don't like that at all. Um, there, there's been different things, but 2002 and 2003 were the weird years for Nintendo. 2002, they they turned it into like what what you would call today what looks like an Apple Store. And you you had like this weird thing in the middle where there was just this long bench with these little swivel chairs, and you'd go up and you'd sit and you'd because they were pushing GBA to GameCube link cable connectivity really hard. Um, and I played I played Tetris Trackers in English, full English voice acting for Tetra, um, which has never been seen again. Uh, that was a weird uh, year for Nintendo. And 2003 was they had these these little mini theaters. It was like these boxes that all around the the perimeter of nintendo's booth and you would go into these areas and and it would be like this enclosed darkened you know air-conditioned little rooms for each game like it was its own now showing this individual game it was kind of cool but 2003 was like a really bad year for nintendo (laughs) as far as like showcasing so yeah and then lately as you've seen they've kind of well, 2018, I guess 2019 was a little weird, but they've basically done more open-air concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much since uh, the introduction of the 3DS, uh, it's been kind of like the same open-air, just like these... They have like just like these, these strict walls that just kind of come down perpendicular to each other, and they just sort of like play stuff around them like that. 2019 was different because it was like, here's a big Luigi's Mansion booth, here's a... Uh, a Pokemon gym, and then here's just this back section with a bunch of other yeah, games. Yeah, the back Awakening. section was weird. Yeah, uh, w- you know, there's no, there's no actual physical E3 this year, but um, Treehouse is the greatest. Honestly, Treehouse is the greatest thing that's ever happened to Nintendo at E3. Yeah, it's uh, like the biggest it, change too, because of like for this, especially for this question about like the press conferences of pretty much, I, as far as I can remember, always being able to watch them in some capacity. 
like when I started, even before Game Show, I was like, I got to watch like the the Twilight Princess before it's called Twilight Princess, the E3 2004 with Reggie. I watched that as it happened and stuff. So like the press conference has always been there, but everything else about E3 hasn't been live stream, wasn't live stream for a long time. Like Treehouse Live didn't exist for the longest time. So <laughs> you're you just like say like you 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 had to go to the show floor to see all this stuff. Otherwise, you have to wait on IGN or whoever to like post their impressions, and you maybe get like booth tours. That used to be a thing. You used to watch videos of booth tours because a lot of people couldn't mm-hmm. go and they weren't streaming from it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The big, the biggest change I would say, and for the worst, is like Treehouse is is an amazing thing and it's great. Um, if they do bring E three back, if it if it survives and comes back as an actual show floor thing next year and beyond. Um, I, and this is not for Nintendo. This is for Nintendo and everyone. For the love of God, please bring more demo units. Mm-hmm. The only one who got it really right, sadly, was was well, or not sadly, depending on how you feel, was 2K in 2019. Usually, 2K is just a a closed off fortress. Yeah. No one's allowed in, but investors at all. <laughs> looks, but yeah. Yeah, in 2019, I'm, it, I don't know why they, they they get a giant floor space and they don't allow any press in, uh, it's or or normal people or you know public in at all. It's just whatever. Anyways, 2019 they had a hundred <laughs> demo stations for Borderlands Three, and I'm like, everyone should be doing this. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> like, like the, that was like the biggest turnaround. It's like, whoa, yeah. they're letting people. And, and, and it was funny because they put it right next to the Square Enix booth. You know, and and it was it was this mad rush every morning to get uh, tickets to play Final Fantasy VII remake, <laughs> yep. uh, and and like you know the 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 security was was threatening to throw people out of the convention you know for a good half hour every morning, uh, like crazy. But right next to them was a hundred demo stations for Borderlands Three, and it's like Square, Square, come on, <laughs> you sh- you should have brought two hundred for Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody would have complained yeah i mean but in some of these e3s they have a lot to show off and you know that's the, the that's the balancing act i mean there's you know we could go into like you don't need to go into it well, but like this whole thing about like space and everything but well, he, yeah. here's here's the thing though mike you you've been into enough e3s to know the the shrinkage of of the of both the floor space and the number of of people there you know, Microsoft doesn't show up no more. Sony doesn't show up no more. There's been other people who don't really show up no more. So it's like the the sides and the back of those there's, halls yeah, have started there, to de- started to become exactly. Sparse, there's so. definitely enough physical space at the Los Angeles Convention Center for them. They want it's just the cost. I think it's cost. That's the thing. They yeah. just don't want to spend as much money, which is a whole. This is not the conversation we're having today, but at some point, there's going to need to be a conversation about E3's format. And this is one of those issues: is that the physical cost of being there. But I mean. For those of us who have been fortunate to go to E3 so long, for so long, we've seen this evolution and, you know, getting to sample how it was like that. Like for me, as Simmons mentioned, I never got to go to that E3 2005 and experience that amazing Zelda booth. I had to watch it on IGN and stuff like that. But I did go to the Breath of the Wild thing and the Link's Awakening thing. And like while they weren't as good, obviously... It's still nice to see stuff like that. Or, you know, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake booth in 2019 was really nice to go through. Every now and then you do get a really awesome booth experience on top of that. And I, I think there's still something special about, like, you know, going to eat thief for your first time. Like, that, that, that like the wonder and awe you get. If you ever, like, I will always still insist, as long as E3 keeps, comes back, if it comes back in person and keeps doing its thing, you should try and go at least once because it is absolutely worth it for a first time experience i mean there's a whole other thing about lines and stuff but like 
you'll probably be so blown away just by the sights and sounds that like it'll satiate you. But for like us, as you were alluding to Simmons, there are a lot of like hurdles I've had over the years, like about not bringing up demo units and stuff like that. That we, I think we're at, you and I are, and like veterans like us, we're probably at the point where, like we we favor practicality over poshness and exuberance. It's like just they don't even have to have like walls. Just put station, just a whole booth like of this. It's the stations, no decoration stuff, because we're just there oh, to play yeah. the games. I, I, I honestly feel like there's a solution there where it's just like you should just have a demo hall, like like you said. Like, uh, it, there's a smart. I think there is a smart way to do this. You could just have like a whole giant section somewhere, and just be like, oh, uh, there's if you just if you're not interested in like see any presentation, you could just come here and just quickly you know shuffle through and just go to like you know just TVs and whatever. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. Th- there's 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 a smart solution here, but no one's thought of it, no or, or implemented it yet. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, E3, good stuff. The the, the past there. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to share before we kind of like uh, kind of wrap up here, or <laughs> uh, as far as E3 memories. Well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's anything else you wanted to say, but otherwise, you know. Um. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, there, there actually there's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about as far as like Nintendo rumor goes, and I'm 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 I think the only big thing for me was kind of like I love Donkey Kong and that that those rumors <laughs> about yeah we talked a lot about, about the Donkey that Kong is like that yeah it is one of those that's one of those weird things where I'm like I don't I'm I'm weird I'm like I don't know how I feel yeah I'm actually very strange about that because I'm like hmm you know Mario Odyssey you know uh, EPD Tokyo they do amazing they do the best. 3D platforming, so I'd love to see a 3D platformer of Donkey Kong by them. I wouldn't be opposed to a 2D platformer by them. They did Jungle Beat. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's another rumor. I'm like, I, I am conflicted on... I think I'm happy either way. I'll be happy either way with the brand new... With the yeah, brand I think new. it's um, a wait-and-see thing. It's like, just uh, wait and see I, what it is, if it's true, and if, what it looks like, and I think... In the end, everyone will probably be pretty happy with what it is, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's there's preferences, but I mean, Nintendo EPD Tokyo, Nintendo Tokyo doing <laughs> anything is 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 cause for excitement. Exactly. Uh, regardless, for sure. Uh, as far as that stuff goes, and and yeah, I, I I didn't you know we didn't even though we're we're big Zelda people we didn't talk about much, but I think you got I think you got uh, someone else to talk about. Uh, yeah, good, 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 te- good, good tease there. Uh, I'm going with, a, we'll probably be going with a different perspective. Um, uh, when we wrap up here, we'll be back in uh, just a moment with, with Isla. Um, I want to get Isla's impressions about Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, what they, what she hopes to see in it, and uh, I think it's a little bit more of a unique perspective than you know maybe you or I and, and, and like veterans. So we want to kind of get that, but. I want to. Oh right, because uh, I, I believe you told me she didn't. Um, she didn't play a lot of like Zelda games. Exactly. So she, she got so really got hooked per- on that. And- she's got that. Uh, yeah, she's got that great newcomer mm-hmm. perspective, which we don't have. Exactly. We're, we're like, you know, we're grizzled old veterans. Where, where for me, I'm like, where's my dungeons? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going for. Same with like, yeah, yeah very true. Um, but yeah, dude, I want to thank you for 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 being on again and. Uh, for listeners and viewers, if they want to check out more of your stuff, you know where can they where can they catch you at? Uh, so I I um I run the the channel uh, youtubecom games. That's mostly an archive channel for the live streams for Maximilian Dude and myself, which is twitchtv doom or Maximilian underscore Dude for for the big ones, big streams that I archive on Yo Video Games. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Assist Me, all one word. All right. 
Well, once again, thanks, dude, for for, for joining me. And again, uh, we'll be back in just a moment with uh, with Isla to talk about some Breath of the Wild sequel speculation and uh, about their uh, early E3 memories and experiences. So uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back now with Isla, and I've got Hi. some patron questions for you about... Something I think you might be excited to potentially see from Nintendo at whatever their E3 thing is going to be. Again, as I've said before, we still don't have a date for it. <laughs> they, you know, we're just—they've they, said they're going to be there. We don't know, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe this week. Uh, you know, we're we're in the week of supposedly the Switch Pro getting announced, as we said. Um, we'll They'll tell us five minutes before it happens, as is Nintendo. Exactly. Exactly. We are so convinced that the last day is when they're going to go and they're going to announce it the night before. They're like, "Hey, tune in yeah. tomorrow at nine a.m. Watch, it'll be six a.m. our right. time this time. <laughs> right. Oh, the worst. Right. The worst. And then it'll be like, and then we're gonna have twelve hours of nonstop like Treehouse yeah. Live. Treehouse. Let's <laughs> destroy you. With announcements mixed in and no no direct. Exactly. Treehouse. <laughs> be the worst. This first one comes from David Warren. Uh, now that every open world game has adopted the mechanics of Breath of the Wild, I wonder if that's like an, a thing about the state of play with Horizon showing like the glider and everything. Like, oh, did it? Yeah, it, they yeah. showed like a glider and stuff, and it was like, no, or like, it's, or not, no, oh, it's funny. Breath of the Wild. What can Breath of the Wild two do to stay fresh, in your opinion? Jeez. I mean, I think the the complaint, the main complaint of Breath of the Wild one was that no dungeons, right? So like, my theory has always been since they showed the trailer that like, the dungeons were always there; they were just underground. So now we're doing them in that way. So I think like, Breath of the Wild two is fresh by kind of looking backwards, um, but I think that if you play as both Link and Zelda, that'd be really cool. Like switching back and forth or something, get like perspectives. Can you imagine if it's co-op? Like that would, that would be insane. It would kind of suck, maybe, but it, it would be. It would be intriguing. I get a lot of people talking. It also would would really explain a lot about why it, it's taking a long time. Other than just you yeah. know being delayed by COVID, it, it's yeah. that they're going for something way more ambitious and a co-op focused campaign in a mainline Zelda game would be a big deal. They have done multiplayer before, but this would be yeah, yeah. unheard of for, for the series. Yeah, the multiplayer they've done before is like, yeah, fine. But this would be like, yeah, mainline campaign. I don't know if I'd want that, honestly. I don't know if I would want that. It's but. just such a big, like, a, I'm trying to think of, does any other open world game do, like, story multiplayer? That, that you don't queue into yeah. like a thing. Like it's always like going right. to a lobby, queue in, and we'll go do in a big environment. But none of them big. I think I can't open think of like, like Ghost of Tsushima, the GTA games don't yeah. do it. Horizon didn't do it. The only it. thing I'm thinking of right now is like Resident Evil Five because it's I don't know, but like uh, whatever. But I think that like yeah, going back to more traditional dungeon puzzle solving stuff would be cool, and maybe it'd be neat if there were like optional co-op dungeons because I mean, i'm thinking like portal mm, 2 style yeah. stuff where you like have to both figure puzzles out together yes. and like one person has to do this and another person has to do that because that would fit very well i think with with their kind of puzzle design what if yeah what if they uh 
because everyone's this questions about like what can Breath of the Wild do sequel do after everyone else is kind of like built upon what they did supposedly so you know why don't mm-hmm. they just go borrow from other great things what if the co-op in this game worked just like souls you gotta summon someone or you know it's no. a, yeah like <laughs> a yeah. dungeon like i'm having trouble with this dungeon puzzles or this boss is actually really hard uh time to bring someone in so it's like they're not persistent it is there for a fixed portion of time until uh something you know you kill the boss or you complete the dungeon or maybe that is the I dungeon just had, yeah i just had an insane idea because oh. i was thinking like okay the last one the last one surprised us by with like verticality right like flying and gliding and stuff climbing anything um this one what if it does like SteamWorld dig style <laughs> metroidvania digging because yes. you're underground yes <laughs> there you go well i didn't know about like the digging idea is really good because i i was like that well, under could do like underworld open world, but what would right. be the gimmick? You're not just gonna like, oh, you're just gonna climb cavern walls, whoop de doo. But digging, being yeah. able to carve your own path. What was that uh, multiplayer game we played that was that pretty much? The Battle Rock or whatever, the, the dwarf game. Oh, yeah, yeah, Deep Rock Galactic. There we go. Yeah, like that. Like you just like. Yeah, it'd be like that. Yeah, yeah. you're just like digging down and stuff, and maybe you come across like a. you. Oh, I hit iron. Oh, it's a dungeon door or something. Here we go. There's like an underground dungeon here, or you, you disturbed a boss layer or something. So now this boss is chasing you through the caverns you just yeah. made yeah I, it's it's a problem because like the, the the zelda design team at least from my perspective like breath of the wild like they're geniuses right like the it's so simple and so obvious like gliding and climbing everything feels it was instantly just like oh yeah like obviously this should be in open world games like this makes so much sense so like it's really hard to think of the next that, you know? Like, the next thing that's just like, oh, of course. Like, this this is what's been missing from everything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder, yeah, if they, I hope they're not letting, like, pressure get to them. That, that they feel... Right. Because they always are trying to innovate. But I almost think, like, just a new playground would have been enough. Like, just, like, build a new world yeah. and, like, same kind of stuff. But... It's just another fun place to explore that we haven't seen yet. I think would have been enough, but yeah, as I said, Nintendo I mean, I goes beyond that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something with light, hmm. like Dark Souls Two style. Like your light keeps running out, and you have to like find ways to like light up the underground. Like you're you're okay. lighting it up as you go, or something. Like I, I, I don't know some way that they make that fun and not annoying. I don't know, but really, all they do need to do is like do zelda like dungeons exploration fighting monsters like and like a and then like a little bit of decent story and you're like golden like Mm. don't overthink it (laughs) this next question is um from jason assuming there is breath of the wild 2 news give a name one thing they could hypothetically announce that would kill your hype for it and make you never want to buy it or play it with love from the Ukraine, oh. Jason. Is there something oh, they could man. just show that you would just be, besides like underwater exploration with like, <laughs> yeah, man made <laughs> The whole structure. game is underwater. Yeah, that, there you go. It's the Wind Waker sequel, Underwater. There you go. Um, I honestly, I don't know if there is anything that would make me not buy it. Like, I'm going to buy this game. But, I mean, obviously the, the, the thing that, people would probably first think I would say is like, oh, you don't get to play as Zelda, but like, 
I, I'm like sixes and sevens on that. Like, uh, whatever. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't expect them to do Zelda, but whatever. Um, if they make it turn-based, that would kind of suck for me. <laughs> but, again, that wouldn't be a deal-breaker. I'm, oh, I'm trying to think of a deal-breaker. Ah, oh, motion controls only even wouldn't be a deal breaker. I, I honestly don't know if I can think of a deal breaker. I'm like that hyped for this. Do you have a deal breaker, Damiani? Is there something that would? I mean, if it like they turn it into like an FPS, it's like okay, like you know, when all first like it went first person, I'd be like, I, I mean, that wouldn't make me not buy it, but I'd be extremely, I'd have extreme negative bias going into it. Um, sure. Which I don't want to. That have. would be a definite choice. Um, yeah, I think weird. if they made it a roguelike. It might be. Ooh, yeah, I know. That would suck. I was like, that's not Zelda, but I mean, I'd still want to. Like, that's the thing. Any radical, crazy thing they do at this point, I just want to like see it at least. So, yeah, they'd have to like make it look aesthetically horrible, in my opinion. Like, so like the complete antithesis of what I want out of like an aesthetic, on top of like making it first person and all the mechanics. Just like it's like super multiplayer party focused or something like like just, so it's just a, basically so it's a not first zelda person, yeah. so it's an ugly first person party roguelike yeah there you go party minigame roguelike it's like the chances of this are just like neat, 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 neat. it's like yeah. not happening yeah. they did sort of roguelike stuff with the dlc the like challenge run one they, master yeah, they, trials what was it called the the uh, i even forget now but i mean uh, master yeah. quest was the harder thing but i forget what the the trial right. Was. Right. They, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm also with you that the it could make me really upset is if they, it won't make me the most upset if Zelda's not playable. I would like to see that, um, yeah. but it would. That's the thing, yeah. I just, I would like it, but like, it would upset me if they gave me another bullshit excuse for why they decided not to do it. That would be. We can't program the physics. Yeah, of, it's like of Zelda's book. or it's like. Well, if you know, like, if 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 Link's not the one trying to get the Triforce because of how the Triforce works, then then what would if Zelda was doing it? Then what would Link be doing? It's like, oh no, 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 stop this! That's if, like, if we make Zelda playable, then Link would have to talk, and yeah. then we can't have a, a non a NPC that doesn't talk. Like, yeah, you know, or reverse. Like, oh, like we God. already had Zelda speak, so our main character has right. to always be mute. So we right. couldn't make that work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, Nintendo. Um, but yeah, those are the only questions I had about uh, Breath of the Wild. I didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention about it. Like, if, uh, but you know, I mean, it's excited time to, to hear hear yeah. from it. It's it's time to at the very least hear from it. I think like mm-hmm. my aunt, my aunt who loves Zelda, yesterday, um, actually asked. She was feeling ill, so she had her husband ask me, but uh, my uncle. But she was like. Do you know anything about Breath of the Wild 2? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ask me in 15 days. Because by then I might I might know something. But right now, it's all speculative. That's so great. It's like, hold that thought. I'll get right back yeah. to you. Um, I just love that she... Because she's, like she's like a Christian fantasy author. And she just loves Zelda. <laughs> she just what? eats it up. I love it. Um... Does have pretty wide appeal, so I, I, I I've seen yeah. a lot of different types of people who are just drawn to it. So I think yeah, I do think a lot of people expect it to show up because uh, as we saw earlier this year, uh, series producer AJ Anuma said um, during their first the first proper direct in a long time, they said, "Hey, I know you're probably expecting some Breath of the Wild news, but 
Um, not yet, but shortly. They said basically said shortly, like a little bit later. We're gonna right. show it, and it's now been like a few months. You'd kind of expect it's it. It's been shortly. Yeah. Also, we got this at least disposed a new Nintendo system coming out or enhanced Switch coming out. You think this would be one of the games they'd wanna you know show running on it? The game that would day one on that, right, Damian? I hope day so. One on that thing. I hope, yeah. I'm going to buy the hell out of it. Oh, I'm going to try and buy the hell out of it. Right, I'm going to try Yeah, the try is a key word. Um, Yeah. You know, (laughs) assuming that, yeah, day one for all of that, that's going to be, man, it's going to be fun. Hopefully, it's going to be a lot of fun, cool news. Um, Yeah. But switching gears from uh, from Zelda, this next one comes from Eazy-E, or if it's Ease, I apologize. Um, It was all in caps, so I... I, Easy. Yeah, maybe Easy. I apologize. If the oh. 2D Metroid rumors turn out to be true, so there's rumors that Mercury Steam yeah, yeah. is making another 2D Metroid. Um, if it turns out to be true and it's revealed at E3, what exactly do you want it to be? So another 2D Metroid. I know you're. you're I want a fan it to be these. really story focused, and I want some mm. man to tell me when I can use my powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be just bad, really bad. <laughs> no, um, no. I mean, I just want it to be. Yeah. I mean, you know what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I want it to be Super Metroid. Yeah. Like I want it to be, I want it to be, I want it to look good, but not try too hard to do the like 3D thing. Like I want it to do like, it, like it doesn't need to be super 2.5D or whatever. Yeah. Like, if it's pixel art, I would lose my marbles. Like I would freak out. I want that um, so badly, but you know, if, if it yeah. ends up being the same developer, it'll probably be roughly the probably same not. engine, just yeah. like higher yeah. fidelity. Yeah. Let me ask you. Which still like is fine. The the, I would want it to be a little more because they made the the remake of the um, Samus Returns. Yeah, Metroid right? Two. That's them, right? Um, I would want it to be slightly out, slightly farther because like she was a little too big. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Um, I, I can. But other than that, like, go for it. Like, just make a good Metroid, bro. Yeah. Would Would you want an, an like an original new entry, or would you mm-hmm. be okay with them trying to do another remake of another two D one, like even Super Metroid remake or Metroid? One? Uh, they already d- have done Metroid one, but what if they did it again? You know, I don't know. Remaking Super or or regular or original Metroid would be pretty cool. I'd be totally open with an original. Um, I mean, they could do if they really wanted to go whole hog, do like a combo pack of original and super that'd be pretty sick they but um yeah yeah the, a- literally anything damiani yeah except for other m <laughs> except for like, other, other m. m it had like three good parts but like <laughs> the story was so bad stay, but yeah yeah anything but that they could stay away from that one there's also uh metroid uh fusion that's the other 2d one that I'm which forgetting. i never played yeah yeah that might played. be one i don't know if a lot of people have actually played through that one and it's actually pretty good it's really good oh really so you know uh, i've a, heard it's cool an update to that might get people to play because i think everyone has played uh or has an opportunity to play super metroid though they may- I mean damian you know what would be sick is mm-hmm. two collections at e3 right oh we get we get a trailer for four, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get the Metroid Prime trilogy, mm-hmm. and we get a collection of all the 2Ds redone. All for the 35th anniversary like of, of Metroid, because it is the 35th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. That would be dope. I mean, they kind of did that with uh, Mario, sort of. Yeah. Like, they'd probably have a little more work to do to rehaul Super and this stuff, is, but like... This is precious optimism. Yeah. A, a lot of Metroid <laughs> fans have this, and... Uh, 
I think they've learned the we're, bitter reality. We're long suffering. Where it's like Metroid fans, not quite, <laughs> not quite Earthbound level, mother level of uh, mm-hmm, bitterness, yeah. but. Nintendo, you know, hasn't been as kind to Metroid as uh, some of the others. But I do think uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, in a previous segment uh, about the possibility of Metroid Prime 4 showing up because, you know, it had to switch developers two years Mm -hmm. ago. So it's probably, you know, still well into development. But I think uh, showing off just something of it to show it's like here is what it's going to look like you know, would go such a long way. Um, especially yeah. if they showed it, like, here's it running on Switch Pro. And it's, like, a short segment of, like, gameplay. That's, or just even Samus or whoever running down an environment. And, like, there, it, look, it's going to look like Metroid Prime. Calm down, everyone. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a trailer from Prime 4 would not be out of the question. But, yeah, nothing. Oh, yeah. Happen, really. I think... Or that, but the, the you, yeah, a collection that is something because it is it is the Metroid 35th anniversary. Um, the yeah. trilogy, everyone is, but the trilogy is interesting because uh, former retro developers said they'd be surprised because of how much effort it was going to take to redo Metroid Prime 3 specifically without motion mm. controls, and it, it, oh, they implied yeah. that at their time that they were there, this wasn't going ongoing project, so. In the time since they left, in the time was now, or was not was not, unless oh. they're just lying and, and you know under, but it didn't seem like they had a reason to lie about this. So, but then again, when they they said it was because of the complex intricacies of Metro Prime 3's motion controls, but we're getting mm. Skyward Sword HD in July, and that was one of the most intricate motion control games. <laughs> so it's like uh, it, we know it's going to take effort, but I mean, right. maybe. Yeah, I always thought that maybe that uh, the assumption that the whole trilogy was done like two years ago, and that like because the story was uh, retro pitched to Nintendo when they heard Prime was in trouble. Um, they said like, mm-hmm. "Well, look, we've already remade the trilogy. Look how good it like we can make it look and run and everything. Like we still got it." And they're like, "Oh yeah, maybe they just did like one. Maybe they just showed them like one like redone in HD. Who said remaking that? an entire game on spec? Yeah. That'd be or, or just part of the <laughs> game, you know? And maybe right, they were also right. like, "Hey, by the way." We want you to keep working that as well. So maybe it's still mm-hmm. coming. Who knows? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually does exist at some point. You know, even if it didn't technically exist when everyone said it was a few years ago. But it would be great for do the collection. Think, yeah. Do you think that people would be res- receptive to like a shorter experience that maybe comes bundled with? A Switch Pro or something, like, to show off the hardware, Ooh. but just, like, a demo, but set in the Metroid, like, a Metroid Gaiden or something, like, a just a short Isla. Yes. Like, side story or something? Yes. Like, an hour long, you know? Just, like, a really small, like, text Even if showcase. it's... Yeah, it would be beautiful if it was Metroid. I think that would be amazing yeah. to do that. I would I would love them just to put any of their upcoming games there, be, like, if it's, whether it's Breath of the Wild 2 or... Any of the unannounced games, potentially, or even something they've announced, but they just couldn't say it's going to be running on Switch Pro yet. Just putting out a nice little demo, or even making an original demo. Yeah. They even, like, Nintendo yeah. seems like a company that would do that, make a short... They do, yeah. ...little tech demo like, that they, comes they, with it. Where's Nintendo's Astrobot, right? Like, it it, se- that seems there. like something they would do, but they, oh, they sell it separately. There you, you go. Know? Well, I mean, Wii Sports uh, came with the Wii, right? But... Uh, Wii Sports came bundled with the Wii. We also got yeah. we got that uh, that that AR stuff with the 3DS. One two Switch didn't come with. Didn't no come with Switch, the Switch didn't though. have you had any. To buy it. Yeah, 
But I mean, yeah. 3DS came with some, not a full game, but it came with those little, you know, extra features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think they could do, well, man, what if that rumored Donkey Kong thing is just not a full, like it's, they think it's the Mario team making it a 2D Donkey Kong game. Um, Ooh, but I hadn't heard about that. What if it's like just a small little demo sampling they've been making, they just made for the Switch Pro that's going to come with it. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I like this idea, though. I, I really like this what idea. What if they put, it, they put it out for free? You know, you, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you have to download it or whatever. It doesn't come pre, prepackaged, but mm-hmm. you can you can play it on the original Switch, but it just kind of sucks. <laughs> That's going to be the fun thing. I'm gonna, like, Switch Pro is really good. While I'm so excited for this, I'm also kind of dreading seeing some of these upcoming games running yeah. on Switch OG Switches and Switch Lights. It's just going to be like... Oh no, these don't run very well, do, I do they? <laughs> I I do wonder if if they I I highly doubt they would do this, but like I do wonder if they like like Switch Pro can play everything, but old Switch and Switch Lite just can't play some of the new stuff. Like I fully doubt that, but I mean, it'd be it'd be crazy. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. I I what I mean it, it's Has a it possibility. It's, it will be, if it comes out in September, it'll be just over four years. It'll be four and a half, okay, about okay. four and a half, not quite four and a half years since OG Switch. That's pretty short. I mean, it's usually five like year, seven the, for the for the other big boys. Well, anyway. Nintendo's usually a five-year lifespan. Mm, okay. uh, that hasn't always been the case. Uh, Wii U was shorter, obviously. Well, because, yeah, we because it didn't one. do well, but... Uh, and their handheld systems haven't always quite done that, but the consoles have kind of followed that generally pretty well okay. for okay. dating back to the the roughly the NES days. So the, that five so maybe we're due for just a hot new Switch, yeah. Switch Two. Yeah, well, I wouldn't put it past them. But at the same time, it's just doing so well. I think they mm-hmm. don't want to like any potential to split up. Yeah, yeah, that might they cannibalize their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it yeah because it's selling like hotcakes so I think that I it would be weird to to yeah split it up yeah but also if the rumors are true like even if it's DLSS uh, upscaling just seeing a first time ever seeing a Switch game non emulated like on your PC running in 4K it's like hey oh. look now, fidelity in a Nintendo game yay has anyone has anyone done the math on that like. Because the Wii wasn't HD, right? Like, how many years behind HD were they? Three? When, like, everyone else went? I mean... Like, they're always, like, three or four years behind the, the highest resolution, well, yeah, like, right? Well, 360 came <laughs> out in 2005, and then PS3 came out in 2006, and those both offered 720 and 1080p, whereas... Right. Uh, Switch, wow. The Wii offered 40p at best, uh, mm-hmm. if you had the component cables, then and that's not right. still not HD. So they're a generation behind, usually. Like, we have yeah. 4K machines out now as of last year, yeah. as of November 2020. So this wouldn't even Not be... Not to mention th- PS4 Pro, yeah. like, in those. Yeah, like, and that, yeah. those were doing it. So this isn't going to be, like, native 4K quite, you know. But, yeah. I mean, I they're roughly about a generation behind when it comes to visual fidelity ever since the Wii. Uh, GameCube mm-hmm. was the last time they were at parity pretty much with their competitors. And that was back, you know... Which I sort of, I sort of love that about Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like... Because it's not about that, <laughs> you know? It's Actually, like, I, I like it when they don't try to... Like, with Wii U, it felt like they were trying to be play with the big kids. And I'm like, don't, don't. That's not what you're here to do. 
I asked that of uh, of Huber in our first segment. I had a question about fidelity versus you know, like uh, games just being good games. Uh, mm-hmm. with, with the Switch Pro, because the original question was about would you value performance over fidelity, and then I wanted to add stakes for Huber. I'm like, okay, so Huber, I know you're gonna pick performance, but what about like with Breath of the Wild specifically? Would you trade off a little bit of the openness of an open world Zelda game to get better visual fidelity, better image quality, or would you ray say tracing. no? Go like ditch the ray tracing, ditch the 4K. Could make the game even more expansive as possible. Like, which do you prefer? Obviously. You even brought, uh, uh, Huber brought up. I want both technically, but like if it's gonna be that, like you know, the game, like, and that's yeah. Given that choice, for sure, I just give me a bang and bang and Zelda game. Yeah, not a game about you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you, <laughs> that's as weird. you mentioned with Wii, like even as like with the Wii, like we've been playing games that we really enjoyed that we're not trying to compete on any level uh, in terms of yeah. visual fidelity. Yeah, yeah. half like I. You know, 60% of Nintendo's best games don't look great. <laughs> and they're fantastic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We've been uh, talking about what we're looking forward to at this for this upcoming E3, but also with everyone that's mm-hmm. been on so far. We've been talking about the past of E3 and uh, some of our earlier memories, potentially even first memory of going to E3. Um, I didn't know if there... You, something comes to mind about an earlier experience at E3, one of your earliest E3 memories, because I'm curious, because, you know, hearing uh, hearing Huber, because Huber, had, like, it was twofold. He went to something called E for All, when E3 was weird mm. that year, where it wasn't quite E3, it split up and everything. It was, like, in Santa okay, Monica. Yeah. But then his first E3 oh, was with, okay. with game trailers when he was interning, and yeah. he got to go the last day after working with Keeley the whole time over at LA Live. Didn't even get to go to the show floor till the last day. And then he he was like, I didn't even play anything. I just walked around. It was just like, yeah. you know, mesmerized with the sight. So he talked a little bit about that. But also, uh, if you want to share one of your earlier memories. But any, any missed opportunities? Was there like something you really wanted to check out at E3? And because of the craziness or lines, you didn't get to actually check out? Yeah, my first mem- my first memory I think is similar to Huber's. I think I was like editing stuff, editing packages for the TV sh- stuff, um, and then like putting them onto that amazing like hard drive server thing that they had. That's just constantly recording, so you just like <laughs> puke stuff onto it. Um, and then yeah, I remember walking the floor and just being like, "What the hell is <laughs> going on?" Um, another earliest memory I like kissed an ex girlfriend the first time ever at E three. That was really nice, but. Um, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about um but uh yeah i generally don't wait in a line if it's super long like we're fortunate because we get to have appointments a lot of the time but sometimes i don't get them because i'm more like filming stuff than um interviewing you know um but there are definitely a couple of times where like and i can't remember specifics but like coming back to do our coverage and then one of you guys is like, oh, did you play this? You know, it's something that I was like super interested in. And I was like, what? I didn't even see it. <laughs> like usually usually that's how it would go. It's like I just fully missed something that I really wanted to see. Because mm-hmm. it's crazy out there, man. It, well, it was back when it existed. But um, yeah, E3 is just, I miss it. I miss the like crazy energy and how warm and tired you get. It's so hot. Yeah. Like E3 is the <laughs> yep. sweatiest nastiest time 
you'll ever have. Like, because especially for us, you're like schlepping all kinds of crap around. Like, I'm carrying backpacks full of mics and recording equipment and a Gosh. camera and like a yep. stabilizer and like it's a nightmare and like no matter what shoes you wear your feet are gonna hate you and like it was work it's yeah. a nightmare it was legit work. <laughs> but it's fun yeah. yeah it's hard 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 work for like 16 17 hours a day but it's so much fun yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe next year we'll return to in Maybe person and year. we'll have that type of experience. It's just nice to get at least the sort of press conference end of it back to sort of yeah. normal yeah. with the upcoming Those stuff. Those are fun. Yeah. I, I got a little bit of resentment, I feel, from Huber. Not real resentment, just like jolly resentment, if I can call it that, about what they missed. Uh, they, they, uh, Huber kept saying that they didn't get to ever try out anything at Nintendo. Cause like it's so like oh, hard in the because it's yeah. always you and yeah. yeah and I I get in Nintendo well, because I'm usually coming with you to film they, stuff yeah so then I get to see everyone and talk to the like producers and stuff. It was sad because Huber said we all he saw all of us get to go play Breath of the Wild that year and then heard the stories about we all went different directions and then we came back and talked mm. about it and. He wasn't a part. I didn't get to play. It he wasn't a Huber, part of so. that. So Huber's expressing maybe if that happens again that they don't miss out on it. And I'm like, okay, you know, now that I know <laughs> that, we got to get as many people. I don't know if, if it doesn't come out this year. Let's say somehow it's like, oh, Breath of the Wild's not coming out till like next holiday. It's like it, they need a lot more work. So maybe it'll be at next E3 or if next E3 is Metroid Prime Four and we all want to go check it out. It's like, yeah, we're all gonna go get like Bloodworth. <sighs> Not the codes this time, Bloodworth. Get us the access. Get us the, the appointments. appointments. Yeah. <laughs> Show us the appointments. Nintendo's booth. Nintendo's booth is so, the public-facing booth. Like, we usually go to the, like, back where they have, like, a two-story. They build yeah. a two-story in, building inside E3 for press appointments. And you go up on the second floor of it. It's kind of nuts. Very sturdy. But um, the, the public-facing booth is just incredible. Like, last... That one time they did a Haunted Mansion for yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3. And, like, for Breath of the Wild, it was just incredible. And Mario Odyssey, they built New Donk City in there. That was oh, madness. they're all so good. Yeah. They're all so good. And, the, yeah, the line is insane. But if you ask them to just go through and look, they'll let you. And, like, that's how I got footage for Easy Update in there always. I would just be like, hey, can I just walk through? they're like yeah that's so much part of the fun i think especially if you're ever like why i also say to everyone you should definitely try and go to e3 at least once because even if you can't just play almost anything that you want to play just walking through a lot of those booths is just like it's yeah. like a theme park a little bit it, it, it's uh, over the years i mean they're so amazing sites i mean you go long enough it kind of like wears out its welcome especially when you're there to do work but that first time is i think pretty magical um, it's e3 e3 is it quickly becomes something you can take for granted like mm -hmm. real hard <laughs> oh yeah well i think that's all i got unless there's anything we didn't, didn't talk about before we wrap it up here yeah i, I think we got it well, zelda's cool e3's <laughs> cool metroid's cool video games yay <laughs> Thank you to uh, thank you to all the patrons who submitted questions for all of our guests uh, this week. If you'd like to submit a question for consideration, you need to be a five dollar and up patron. I'll make a post the week we're recording, letting you know uh, that you can make your submissions. And also, as a five dollar patron, you get episodes of many of our shows and podcasts, including Friend Code, a little bit early. Um, and for everyone else who watches it publicly when it goes up on Wednesday, thank you for supporting us. We also have some shout outs for the month of May. Uh, shout outs to Elthanis, 
Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Edsgar, so I'm a spider, so what? Ezdokal, and Nick, shout out. Shout out. And thank you so much. And yeah, thank you, Isla, for joining me. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. So fun to talk about Zelda and Metroid and indulging. Yeah. Yes. But uh, until next. (laughs) Until next time, everybody. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.